you know where this case is? Okay. We got a positive ID on Charles Olam. Real name is Mickey Nunes, born in Canada, illegal alien, blah, 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 small-time shithead. That ain't bad. That ain't it. Nunes is the guy that killed the Ruski. It's his prints all over Muscovich's apartment. See, Nunes poisons Muscovich, dumps him in the tub, sets out the cornflakes. Three days later, somebody does the exact same thing to him. Exact. Exact, because Nunes and Muscovich were killed by the same person. What, some kind of ringmaster? I think so. Hey, Art, you and Sam don't forget lunch, all right? Okay. I don't know. I can't seem to get my mind around it. Yeah, me too. Somebody's playing with my dick and it ain't me. You're listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 80. Welcome back to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today we will teach you the ins and the outs of acceptable touching. My name is Mike. Yeah, I'm Cinnamon Tits. <laughs> and I'm Cinnamon Tits as well. <laughs> it, am I Cinnamon Tits? <laughs> Cin- Cinnamon Tits the third. Awesome. I'm Jim. Sorry. And I'm Justin. <laughs> and joining us again today is our good friend, Jancy Pants. Oh, Jancy Pants. He's back. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you doing, man? Say Jancy Pants, oh, so uh, lovingly there. Oh, it's not, trust me. <laughs> oh, jeez. Were you going to say Cinnamon Tits? I was not, but you did. I, I, uh, I forgot what my own name was, and so I went with that. It's a good name. In case you don't know. It's a great name. In case you don't know what we're talking about, uh, listen to our last episode. Yeah. You should do, do that right you now. Should. Turn this one off. Listen to that one. Uh, how are you guys? Good. Good. Yes, how are you? Fantastic. Excellent. Why? I'm fantastic because uh, I woke up today mm-hmm. and I didn't have pink eye. That's always a good it's always a good start to a, a Wednesday. Yeah, that's a good day, yeah. I mean, sometimes, you, sometimes I wake up had, pink eye. Not <laughs> that you had pink eye before, but... No, no. It's just this was another another day where you woke up without I'm pink on stre- eye. I'm on a streak. Yeah. <laughs> I've been first place. Pink eye free since '93. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost 30 years 30 years clean without pink eye. So uh, I, I had it as a kid, and, and then actually a, a couple years ago, I went uh, on an up north adventure to my buddy's cottage, and we're out just walking through the woods, exploring stuff. My eye starts getting watery, right? Mm-hmm. And and then it just starts crusting over throughout the day, and I'm like, Ugh. I'm 30 years old. I can't, I'm not 12. Why do I have pink eyes? You, should, you, pink shouldn't, eye. have let, you I, shouldn't have let your buddy shed your face. <laughs> I, I was using the leaf blower earlier the day before, and I got so, or that day, and I got something caught in the eye. And somebody and shit it in the got leaves. infected. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> leaf shit. Well, you I guys remember that. You guys remember when, uh, what was it, Bob Costas got it during the Olympics? <laughs> and they and they didn't and they didn't ta- and they didn't ta- they kept putting him yeah they kept putting him on TV and he looked disgusting because he had it in both eyes and I was like stop putting him on television this is, this is horrible it's it was fun- so bad it's funny I actually was afraid that I was gonna get an eye infection uh, the other day because we were uh, since our chef died uh, at the church uh, our cooler at church at, at the at the 
the, the church before uh-huh. the fi- before the fish fries hadn't hadn't really been gone through in a long time. Like because we had no one there cooking meals and there was no staff down there to really do it. And we kind of realized it, so we had we had some people come in to, to clean it up. And I was I was sweeping out the cooler, and there was a, a bag of limes that had been had to have been in there for fucking ever because they were literally dust like Ew. they they were so they, <laughs> they're they, just like the white like no no it was green Ew. dark like they had turned to literal dust you touched it and it was just like flaking <sighs> into the air it was oh. disgusting and i and i didn't realize it at first i grabbed the bag and it poofed up into my <laughs> face and i thought for sure i was gonna have just like mold growing out of my eyes for but it, you didn't it didn't oh it good because i'm still pink eye free after <laughs> you know First place. Does pink eye only come for? Why are we talking about pink eye? Stuff? <laughs> <laughs> no, never mind. Never mind. Let's move on. Did you guys do anything cool this week? Um, Got pink uh, eye. <laughs> I uh, I saw Black Panther. Oh yeah. Well. Well, I, I actually no. I went back and I finished it. Well, uh, round two was a success. Tell tell the story of round one. First. Uh, I went to uh, I went to go see Black Panther uh, by myself because it's the best way to see a movie in the theater. If you're a loser. And, and, hey hey no, I, <laughs> no, I had I'm, an adop- I'm joking. I had an adopted family for the day actually, um, so I, I go into uh, to the theater or whatever and I'm sitting there and the whole theater's packed and I end up sitting right in the middle of like this twenty piece family. And I offered to to change my seat, and the, the lady sitting next to me goes, "Nope, you're part of the family now." <laughs> I'm like, "All right." So we're sitting there. We're so you're like right in the middle. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Did you uh, eat some of their sweetest fish? No. Like, but excuse I, me. Give me some of that. I actually <laughs> thought the dude was going to offer me popcorn at one time though, because he was like giving it to his kids, and he was like reaching over me, and I had, had a feeling he's like, "You want some?" <laughs> um, but we're like like 35 minutes into the movie or so. And uh, all of a sudden, light house lights go up, side lights start flashing, and the emergency evacuation protocol starts oh, no. blasting over the speakers, <laughs> which I'd never been through in a theater before. And my, my first thought was, oh, God, this theater is going to just, like, mow out the door. Like, like people are going to freak out, because that's what people do. People freak out. Especially with recent things Ex- that have happened. Well, yeah, like you, that, yeah. That, that's why I didn't ask you the other day, but, like, when that started happening, did that... Was that the first thing that entered your mind? Was like it did, but like it, I, I didn't care. I was just more pissed that I couldn't finish the movie. You know, like everybody, everybody got up though and just very just casually bullshit. walked to the walked to the emergency exit and went out, and well, that was pretty much the conversation. Is like, what, no what? hysteria. I no want to like... see. I need to see if King T'Challa wins. Like I, 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 I <laughs> come on, it's like the biggest cliffhanger on the face of the earth. And they weren't going to let people back in. That they closed day, right? the theater for the rest of the day. Right. They had to go through everything, make sure it's on the up and up, reset sure. the alarms and all that. But uh, turns out some douchebag kid just pulled the fire alarm. Mm. Aw. Right, ruined my day. But oh, I went back yeah. the next day and finished it. Did was, you get to go back for? Well, you had the movie pass I used thing. Movie but pass, so do, do people matter. get refunds? But yeah, yeah. Okay. If you you could go back and show them your ticket stuff, they'd give you. I was going to uh, say because what, what day was that? That was on Monday. Because no. was that was yeah, that the Monday. same day there was a kid? No, Sunday. It was on Sunday. Is that the same day there was there was a kid that was arrested because he texted a bunch of his friends and said that he was going to go shoot? Yes, up it the, was. Shoot lakeside. Up, shoot yeah. up the lakeside mall. Yep, that was the same same, same day. day. Yeah. Yep. See, so like if you had seen the news prior to that, and then gone to the movies, and then that had happened, probably would have shit your pants. Probably. Yeah. So, probably. So you went back and saw it. How was it? Fantastic. Cool. Probably one of the only Marvel movies I've ever had like a like an actual like like emotional response to. 
quite frankly. You have emotional because, responses no, to everything these days, Because, though. yeah, I'm, I'm menopausing. Um, no, it's... it's Manopausing. <laughs> manopausing. It's because most Marvel movies, though, are, are all about, like, killing the alien species that's coming or whatever, right? This right. movie wasn't, though. This movie was very much just about, like, family and culture and stuff. Hmm. So, way more down-to-earth than, than most Marvel movies, but super, super good. And the theater was still packed when you went, right? Still packed. Yeah. This is three weeks in. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, this movie's doing incredibly... I haven't seen it yet, but I'd like to go see it soon. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Jay? Do anything? Just been doing the thing, mixing this guy's album, and that just finished uh, all his vocal editing today, so moving on yeah. to mixing bright and early tomorrow morning. It's how do you polish a turd? That's that's the real... <laughs> well, well first, the real... I, I gave him pink eye. <laughs> first. <laughs> <laughs> no turds to polish. Everything was uh, all gemstones. You're too nice. Knock it off. I'm trying to, I'm trying to rag on Mike for writing... Horror, no, you're, see, horrible I'm not, music. I'm not stopping you because you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, Mike. It's very good music. So, uh, yeah. So, I'm excited to get into the uh, mixing portion. Editing, you know, is is the longest part of uh, doing, Mix, you know, doing a record before mixed, you get to, before oh, you get oh, to mixing. Oh, editing and in general, Mixing. Yeah. Once all the, tr- all the tracks are edited, comp together, you know, you take a, a 100 to 200 track project, depending if you've got tons <clears> of choir <throat> tracks and stuff, and you comp them all down to 30 tracks and make mm-hmm. it manageable to mix. It's like... Boom! A couple hours, we finished with a mix, you know. Well, and like you said, you have to—you personally have to go back through and replace all of Mike's vocals with your own. So it's—it's yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. a time-consuming process. I actually, I actually process. hired another guy. His, his name was also Mike Heckman. <laughs> he didn't realize. I was like, "Come in, I need you to sing these vocals for me." And he came in and re-sang all his own vocals. So it's true. It's true. Cool. Cool. Nah, he's a good guy. <laughs> but what about you, Jancy Pants? Well, this uh, past... All right, w- moving on. What are we- <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> no, what have you been up to, sir? Oh, I actually, uh, I moved this past week. Oh. Uh, when uh, I went to Wisconsin over Christmas, Christmas vacation. On purpose? On purpose, yes. That's actually where I come from. <laughs> yeah. He hails from Wisconsin. Yes. Yes, the I land come. of many cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> and not only Wisconsin, I'm not I'm not talking about Milwaukee or other places that are practically Illinois. I'm talking like up in the sticks. Do people so. do people there actually call it Scanson? Like because no. that's no. when we're making fun of that's people from Wisconsin. No, when we're making fun of people from Wisconsin, we say Wisconsin. But well, the, it's, without the without the w with, with the they do say it kind of with the accent, but they do pronounce it the w. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I, I can't do it. I, I can't do it on will, but every now and then my Wisconsin accent will come out so hardcore, and Allie will tease me just relentlessly for it. So, uh, Jansy, stop Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> you live in Michigan now. But uh, when we were in Wisconsin, my very loud neighbors across on the other side of the wall actually moved out. Like they were there, we came back, and they were just gone. So we talked to the. Uh, office and it's a it has another bedroom and it's a corner apartment so we're like hey let's move in there so oh, we cool. did it was actually really cool just oh, so you're on the you're, same you're, you're in the same that, place then like yes the same i'm on the other side of a wall and literally it, next door and uh so just- <laughs> justin actually helped uh me move and we're when we were moving i put this <coughs> excuse me I put this uh, piece of cardboard down on some snow so we wouldn't track anything, mm-hmm. which was now that I say that out loud is really stupid. <laughs> so I'm walking with a box of something. I start the cardboard just 
shoots out from underneath <laughs> me, and I grab for anything to regain my balance, and I do. But so I it was start Jay's falling. Dick. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, that'll save balance you. Yeah, that'll, that'll save you. You can save a, an entire you can, family you can, with that. You can, you can, you can, you can lasso it around your waist when you're ball, when you're going spelunking. <laughs> but uh, I start slipping. I regain my composure, and the next thing I realize, I've got a full bush in my hands. Which oh, that is very <laughs> like a plant. I was there. <laughs> oh dear lord. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta think about my verbiage. <laughs> but, oh, that could not have been more verbiage. <laughs> uh, but you ripped out the landscaping. Yeah, I did. It, it was it the was very comical for reasons that aren't what we're See, laughing you, about. You did it wrong. You should have just torn down that wall. That's what I said. Just move things right over. Repatch some drywall. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I wanted to do it. Allie thought it was a bad idea. I also suggested that he should, you know, the neighbors see someone moving out. They're watching. Oh, look, they're moving, right? Rent a moving truck. Load all of your stuff up in there. Back up 10 feet and unload in the next bit. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. We weighed the options, and we found that wasn't the most budget-friendly option. <laughs> Oh, I would have stayed the extra hours to, to be part of that one. <laughs> oh You're a God. true friend. Well, cool, man. I'm glad we got you in a new place and you're liking it. Well, oh, yeah. that's uh, a stupid idea. <laughs> and speaking of stupid things, <coughs> corrections. Boom. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, James, you said a whole bunch of dumb shit oh, last week. Um, first off, uh, <laughs> uh, Gary Oldman was not the lead in Lost in Space. He was in it, but he was not the lead. William oh. Hurt was the lead. Well, I was just Gary Oldman was, was the was the villain. I was looking at Carson IMDb. Vito wanted me to correct you, so uh, you can blame Vito. <clears throat> hey, Vito. <laughs> No one likes you. <laughs> I, just, um, hey, I was just looking at IMDb, and fair enough, fair he enough. was he was top bill. Of he's course, the lead he's, villain, I suppose. Yeah. Right? So there's that. Yeah. So um, the Grudge was from 2004, not 1999. I just I threw a number out there. I listen. Fuck pe- you. People take us for at our word here. Uh, you also said that it, it wasn't received well. Uh, it actually received very well, and it, and it spawned two sequels. Uh, okay. So there's that. I guess maybe I'm just used to talking to you about J and you say everything that's based Probably. off of J-Horror sucks. Now, so. here's the big one. Here's the big one that uh, I, <sighs> okay. I wanted to kick myself in the nuts for agreeing with you. Yeah. You said that Val Kilmer was in Batman Returns. Dude, I... Not Batman Forever. Whatever. Who Michael cares? Keaton. Michael Keaton. Tim Burton, the first two Batman movies. What's wrong with you? Who cares? What's wrong with you? Who cares? The world cares. No, nobody cares. <laughs> uh, and then also, <clears throat> uh, a personal apology on my own behalf. Sure. Uh, I used the word peeps last week. Peeps. So, sorry about that. Oh, just just a general. <laughs> just a general. Sorry for. I, I, what was I, the context? I I said something like like our, our movie peeps or something like that. Oh yeah, you should apologize for that. <laughs> Unless I, you were talking about like peeps candy that you yeah. would specifically yeah, buy yeah, at I the movie theater. Yeah, yeah, I could have maybe rolled that into it, but no, no, it was uh, just a bad bad use of human li- I also English have a, language. <laughs> I also have a personal apology to two two separate. Uh, um, an apology to the the people of Cairn for calling your your uh, your your place where you live cairns because <laughs> it's a it's you don't pronounce the s at the okay. end also apology to cairn terriers because you're cute and you're named after i'm assuming uh cairn <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that's where you're originally bred from also in a, an apology to carney because uh 
I was talking about I was talking about a documentary mm-hmm. about uh, maple syrup, and it's the, like the most aggressively Canadian thing you've ever heard. <laughs> it's like uh, maple syrup heist. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't remember who told me about it. It was Carney, so ah. I wanted to give credit where credit was due. And it's also if you <laughs> if you want to check out this maple syrup heist because it it's from what Carney told me, it sounds pretty fascinating. It's on Netflix on a uh, docu series called Dirty Money. And uh, and that's all you really need to know. It's it's called the I, I think it's the the name of the episode is the Great Maple Syrup Heist. So you should probably go check it out. <laughs> I plan on it at some point. The heist at Fort Buttersworth. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> two weeks in a row that one killed. All right, <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, all right, I, I uh, think, that's uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. That's all I have for corrections. Okay, James, what are we doing this week? Well, uh, this week we decided to. I don't really know if there was any particular reason for picking this. No, I this think subject. Just we just. To. I just. I thought of a couple of movies that have one very big thing in common, and we decided to make a. Uh, the, you mean the plot? <laughs> well, well, yeah. It turns out, turns out they have literally everything in common, except for budget and caliber of acting. Well, that's uh, debatable. That's debatable. How is that debatable? Well, budget's not, but caliber of acting, I don't know. That is, that's not debatable whatsoever. <laughs> I will slit your throat. Um, uh, so, turn. so th- this week we decided to focus on movies where the villains can travel. Uh, through touch, like they can, like if I were to touch Jancy Pants, all of a sudden my, like if I was uh, possessed by an entity or something like mm-hmm. that, it could travel from me into him. Oops. So now I'm James. Villains who can, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, vi- villains who can so travel. Go home to Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> villains who can travel by touch. So we're talking about uh, 1989, the movie Shocker, mm-hmm. Wes Craven movie. And uh, not to be confused with the uh, no. hand, hand motion, which is also a good touch. Yeah, the two. And, yeah, that's <laughs> actually. You know, what's funny. I didn't even think about this, but this the other movie we're talking about is Fallen from 1998 with uh, um, uh, Denzel. Denzel Washington, John Goodman. But do you notice what the villain does all the time? The demon. No. He, he does that with his finger. In Shocker. No. Or in Fallen. In Fallen, but. It's that's one more connection between these two movies because that is the shocker. If you if you don't know what the shocker is, it's the old two in the pink, one in the stink thing, and you, you have to you have to fold down you have to you have to fold down your ring finger to do it. So we watched Shocker, which is very similar to the movie Fallen, uh-huh. and in Fallen, the demon gives the shocker symbol to everyone. There's like right. a conspiracy here. I'm pretty sure it's the move of the devil. That's why. It's- <laughs> It's the devil's the devil's bowling ball, if you will. <laughs> so, uh, so in honor of that, Mike went out and from Odd Side Ales, he got a touch of red. Uh, it was a touch of pink. It would have been. It would have made this whole thing, this whole exchange, so much better. At the bottom of the oh, bottle, it says, "We will get by. We will get by. We will survive." At uh, what is it says a uh, sour red ale. Sour. I. It's, uh, have we ever? Have you ever? I don't. We, we, we were talking about whether or not we had ever had a sour on this. Yeah. And we decided that we had. Yeah. Kind of. 
have have you have you ever personally had a sour red though? No, I've not. I don't think I've ever had a sour red before. Uh, I'll tell you what, you have another one. You guys crack yours. I'll take this one for me and Jay. All right. This so, is, uh, you, you so this the, uh, is uh, this? this is a touch of red mixed fermentation sour red ale aged in barrels for up to twelve months. Medium body and malt character with hints of tart cherry and plum. Rich fruity aroma reminiscent of burgundy wine. Sweet burgundy wine. Red, red I, uh, wine. I'm looking forward to this. I haven't had too much experience with reds, or with uh, sours, rather. Um, but I, the ones that I have had, I've liked. Mm -hmm. Then again, I've had some that are almost too sour, though. I think there's a, a delicate dance that you have to do when, you know. Just dancing on the razor's edge. What gives it the uh, sour compare or, uh What's the uh, the process of that? Do you know anything about it? I I really don't. Like I I should probably since we talk about beer pretty frequently on this show. This is something I've, I've never looked up. I've never I mean, really gotten into drinking them. So. No, this might come from uh, this. The, uh, the during fermentation, the keg got a yeast infection, uh, <laughs> and that's what makes it sour. <laughs> oh, somebody's <laughs> baking it over red. Now. I think it's sourdough. Brian, um, you're the one that wanted to come this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. All right, well, let's, let's give, give it a whirl, a try, gentlemen. Right? Cheers. 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 That is the perfect amount of sour. Yeah. That is perfect. Mm. That would taste better if I didn't have a cough drop just yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, weird. It's really interesting because, uh, like like we said, I've never had a red sour before, mm -hmm. and you really get the kick of the red behind the sourness. Yeah, That's I get a bizarre. lot of the cherry too. Oh yeah. I get definitely. a lot of the cherry. I was I think I was telling Jay earlier. When with sours, it's like the the, the sour fruit pairing. Hmm. The, yeah. fruit, the fruit beer with the sours is is really really good. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Do they make sours that aren't fruit backed, or are most of them? Maybe just the fermentation of the fruit is what gives it the uh, the it sour. Probably, it probably is honestly. I, yeah, I really I really don't know. Like I said to Jay, I, I don't know a, a ton about sours. I don't People know. I don't know a ton about beer in general. I just drink it. There is one sour that I've been having lately. It's a real light bodied one. Like it's. It's a seasonal one, so it's made in like February, March by Bell's uh, called Larry's Latest. Okay. And it's really a shame they make it now because it would be a perfect summer beer. Uh, it's got... Buy, buy a couple six-packs and let it sit. Let it sit yeah. for a while. I, yeah. I, I'm What's thinking gonna about do? it. What's it going to do? Go sour? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's got a hop backing to it. So it rather than fruit, it's hoppy, and it is... Amazing. A hoppy sour beer, that would be mm -hmm. interesting. So, so, so I have an answer for you. And Mike was quite right, actually, about the beer getting a yeast infection. So <laughs> <laughs> unlike modern brewing, which is done in a sterile environment to guard against the intrusion of wild yeast, sour beers are made by intentionally allowing wild yeast strains or bacteria into the brew. The most common agents used to, in to intentionally sour beer are lactobacillus and Bredonacomius and then Padakakakakakakakus. Wait, the root words for both of the words that you just said lacto and bread. Brett, Brettanum. So, so is this like beer kombucha or something? I guess, yeah. That's it. Kombucha kind of has that weird sour taste. What is kombucha? Kombucha. Kombucha. Kombucha it's like tea. It's, like, tea. it's, it's, oh, it's okay. fermented from like this big nasty uh, like fungus. <laughs> like a sock. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> Don't you remember that, uh, um, what the hell is it, System of a Down song? The Kombucha Mushroom oh. Peeper. I do, I do. Sitting up, run, run, 
Lactobacillus. I never realized that that's a reference to that. I know what kombucha is, but all right. So no, I, just, I was focusing on the lacto part because it sounded like lactose, and I was like, I, "No, we we broke Jay's edge again." I knew that flavor was uh, was familiar. Mm. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been used to sour since before the beer. All right, um, so that's what we're drinking. <laughs> That's that's what we're gonna stop talking about, and we're gonna start talking about some other stuff. Like uh, a bleed, the, the bleed feed, the, yes, the, the bleed feed. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. All right, time for the bleed feed. Uh, I suppose that we should start uh, by paying our respects mm -hmm. to probably the greatest mind that uh, our will ever see in our lifetimes quite frankly uh, and that is Stephen Hawking passed away at the age of 76 uh, he lived with ALS uh, almost his entire life and the fact that he made it a quarter of the age that he lived to is ridiculous yeah he was, uh, he was diagnosed when he was 21 right mm -hmm. yep and they basically told him you have you've got like a couple years to live yeah. or something like that yeah, and, his... and he's like nope i mean they're stubborn <laughs> and then there's stephen hawking stubborn <laughs> well and from what i understand i don't know too much about it but he had he had sort of a different form of als like a very it was a lot slower to uh to sort of um manifest and mm -hmm. And progress, so I didn't. I didn't actually know there were different forms of ALS, but that's just what I've kind of read or heard about him. Yeah, the um. But he, still, making it fifty-five years past when they said oh, he yeah. was going to die, that's, like that's pretty amazing. To say that that's a feat is is an understatement. And, um, and not to not to discount his will to survive. Like he he's always said, like he he kind of made it this long because he he wanted to. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm not gonna let this affect the way I live and he ended up having despite the fact that he was wheelchair bound and pretty much couldn't move any part of his body for the for like the last three quarter of his life he really lived his life to the fullest he never let him he never let it get him down no he, no like seriously like he didn't like, yeah. he, like he would get one thing thrown at him and he'd think oh fuck you I'm gonna yeah. do this I'm gonna do it this way did you see the, the theory of everything I did not. That was really good. Not. Yeah, I really, wanted to really when good. it came out, and then I didn't, and it just kind of got away from me. Mm. But um, yeah, the only the only regret that I have about Stephen Hawking is never understanding a word of what he was talking about when it came to theoretical, oh, yeah. like <laughs> physics, yeah, and, everything and the world. <laughs> it's like I could listen to the guy for forever. I have no fucking clue what he was saying. Though. His <laughs> his theories on sci like his like theories on science scientific stuff, of course, went over my head. But when it just come came to like his view on life, oh sure, he yeah. had some like amazingly inspiring things to say. You could you could fill a book with just his little quips on yep. how to live your life. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so. All right, um, so moving on from that to, uh, let's, let's lighten the mood a little bit here. Um, since, since okay, uh, we don't want to start with here. Rob Zombie began filming Three from Hell. The nice. long-rumored third uh, uh, fire, fi Firefly family, is that what they're called? 
Why can't uh, yeah. I think of it? Yeah, yeah. Firefly yeah. Flamin. Uh, the long rumored third movie that uh, he's had. He, he had mentioned this years ago that he had an idea for it. Yeah. And uh, you started hearing murmurs about it the last couple months, and he's officially filming it right now. So we're going to see Bill Mosley, Sherry Moon, and. Uh, um, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Captain Spaulding. <laughs> why can't I? Th- why can't I think of his name? Sid. Sid. Hey, here we go. <laughs> it's funny. It was like I had it in my head, and then as soon as you pointed at me for the answer, I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, they're they're all going to be back. I have to imagine this is why Bill Mosley's been growing his beard out like crazy mm. for the last few months because mm. he's got a gnarly beard right now. So, so we have lots of f bombs, lots of c bombs, all the the typical Rob Zombie stuff yeah, coming yeah, at us. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you've probably already seen the movie because <laughs> it's a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you'll go see it again. But, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, okay, moving on here. Is that, there's no information about the plot no. or anything like that. No, not nothing yet. Nothing okay. yet. They said that uh, it's possible that because they died. It's called Three Double- from Hell. You said. I'm guessing it's going to be like a like is it taking, e- is like it, even hell couldn't even yeah hold, is it like, a supernatural them, you know? turn like they're back from the dead now or something because they clearly died at the end oh, of yeah Devil's the devil Rejects. rejected me <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um, so yeah I look forward to that um, this is exciting Fox uh, Fox is just waiting on Joss Whedon to say go for a Buffy reboot series really now they've been doing a lot lately between the X Files and. Uh, a lot of other shows. Roseanne's doing. Uh, uh, that's on Fox. No, Roseanne's uh, on. No, that's uh, isn't that NBC? Uh, yeah, probably. Or, or ABC. I don't know. Point is, a lot of these '90s shows though are getting sure. the reboot treatment, and they're all coming back. And uh, apparently, Fox really wants to do Buffy, but they're but good on them. They're not doing it without Joss. Mm. So that's that's actually pretty pretty awesome. Uh, they're just basically something they've been talking about for a long time, and the uh, the chairman I believe was saying that we're just waiting on him. We won't do it without him, and we're waiting on him. Although that is, it's good to go, so that's kind of exciting. Uh, speaking of Fox, the chairman also says that the Exorcist is in trouble, Uh-oh. and uh, it's not looking good to be renewed. Uh, as he put it, it is on the bubble, which means that it is pretty much one move away from being axed. If the bubble pops, yep, which she's sucks done because that's my it's uh, it's my favorite show. Have you watched it at all? The Exorcist I, I, TV show. I started the first season, but I uh... do you not like it. No, I loved it. It was okay. just on Saturday nights, and that's when I have to go to bed early. So, well, last week, last season was on Fridays. They tried to get the whole Friday night movie, uh, uh-huh. movie crew, the people that mm. want to go see movies but are too lazy. So they'll get you know, so, get so, them in on a TV so show, us, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it worked, <laughs> um, but it still didn't do well, and uh, it's in trouble for being renewed. As is Ash vs Evil Dead already. I'm not going to get in too much because I talk about it every week. But Ash vs. Evil Dead, uh, three episodes in, is already in a ratings decline. Really? Wow. Yep. Really? Yep. So uh, we'll see. I mean, hopefully like Netflix picks up these series because Netflix always does good stuff. Yeah. And they have a built-in crowd, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Ash vs. Evil Dead will be more successful if they move towards like, a streaming format. Yeah, yeah. I, I, ho- I hope they continue it. Otherwise, we're going to get a new movie. So either or. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Ready Player One is a is a new flick uh, coming out this weekend, uh, directed by a guy named Steven Spielberg. Never heard of him. No, no yeah, no, he's, no, no. He's, he's new on my radar. Doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently, this is exciting. Apparently, Ready Player One. Now you've read the book. Yes. Okay. Hey, so have I. Prick. So tell me if this is in the book because maybe it is, and I just don't know. But uh, the uh, there is a very prominent scene in uh, or sequence in the movie that takes place in the Overlook Hotel. Is that in the book? That is not. No, that's okay. actually one of the things. I think they replaced a like rush song sequence that 
I think I think what they said is like we wanted to replace some of the dorkier bits, uh-huh. which I was like, oh, I love that part. Yeah. So apparently I'm a dork. Oh, dork. Like, like, <laughs> the part, like the part in the cavern where he has to yeah, play the rock playing, song on the on the guitar. They replace that. Yeah, they replace that with uh, Probably the portion the yeah. overlooked. So hotel, yeah. the huge portion of the movie, it's one of the quests, I guess, or one of the the uh, what are they what are they the trials or something like that. Yeah, or, yeah. That they have to, that, that they have to do, and apparently yeah. it takes place in the world of The Shining at the cool. Overlook Hotel. There's a huge sequence that revolves around it. Sweet. So that's pretty awesome. So if you're a horror fan and you were kind of on the fence about Ready Player One, which, why would you be? But if you were, there's a reason to, aside from all the other reasons that you've seen in the trailer, between all the other horror icons that are in it. Um, so that's fun. Uh, Danny McBride um, was talking Halloween. And... This movie, Halloween, the new Halloween movie, takes place directly after the original Halloween and pretty much discredits everything else that came after it. Danny McBride, though, is now saying that even though this movie kind of picks up where the first one left off, it is going to honor every single movie in the franchise in one way. Now, whether that means like uh, like talking about something in, like that happened a long time ago or what have you, you know... Um, just from a writing standpoint, that seems like it would be confusing as hell. Like to try and disregard everything that happened after the first one, but yeah. but at the same time uh, honor everything that came out. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. from a writing standpoint, it seems like it'd be kind of a nightmare. But yeah, so I, it's, but I don't doubt that they can do it. Yeah, it's exciting it well. to know that they're not completely <clears throat> just disregarding everything. Yeah, they're just basically kind of doing their own thing with with all the appropriate material. Right. Um. What he actually said, and I have a quote here, is uh. He goes, this picks up after the first one. Uh, the Halloween franchise has kind of become a little bit like a choose-your-own-adventure. Uh, there's so many different versions, and the timeline is so mixed up, we just thought it would be easier to go back to the source and uh, continue from there. He goes on to say, we do reference the other movies. For fans, we pay homage and respect every Halloween that has been out there in the past. Hmm. So that's pretty That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling this movie, there's going to be people that don't like this movie. I'm going to call it. Oh, I'm going to call it right now. There's going to be that, that's safe to say with any movie really though, <laughs> well, you know what fair, I mean? Fair, fair. But, but especially as I I see this I see this a lot when I uh, like if I'm on bloody disgusting <laughs> or something and uh, you know like I read an article that gets me excited about something. I'm like, "Yes, this sounds awesome." And then you scroll down to the comments and immediately there's people bitching. And then you always have at least one person that says uh um the people who how how do they word it? The the uh, the people who hate horror the most are usually horror fans. Yeah, that's it's true. Like horror fans, tear we are our own tear, worst enemy. They they tear they tear the ass out of horror movies when it's like sounds painful. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's like like just stop. If you're really a horror fan, just like take the stuff in because it's everybody jumps everybody jumps on stuff like before they even see the movie. Yeah. Like oh this is shit this is you you totally ruined everything that that Halloween is about yep and I you used don't to do know that, that until you see myself. the movie so well yeah and I've I, learned my lesson from it right I really have hold your tongue until after you've seen the movie if you want to talk shit afterwards mm-hmm. but then it's a lot harder to hold that stance you know because then you're against people who find find <laughs> redeeming qualities in the movies and yeah well, not even redeeming qualities if it's a good movie I don't know. <laughs> it, I, I don't know. I could go on and on about how I, I'm annoyed by horror fans, other horror fans. Well, speaking of movies that horror fans just didn't want to give a chance, <clears throat> Hellraiser Judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've seen it, we saw it. We loved it. Yeah, uh, I thought it was great. Uh, if you're interested in a um, director's commentary, the Blu-ray did not come with one. And uh, Gary Tunicliffe took it upon himself to record his own. 
and put it up online on YouTube for free. Really? So if you are interested that's in cool. that kind of thing, you can go on over to YouTube channel Midnight's Edge, and that's where it's uh, streaming right there. Full-length feature commentary with Gary Tunacliffe talking about the new Hellraiser movie. I might watch that, but I will probably close my eyes during one that one scene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch that scene ever again. He just describes it in vivid detail oh, so you gosh. can't get away from it. So gross. <laughs> oh, now they're, now they're pouring it into his mouth. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the bubbles, the bubbles. <laughs> okay. Okay, uh, so there's a new Joker movie coming out. Uh, standalone it, Joker movie. Is it with Tommy Wiseau? It is not. I wish <laughs> it was with Tommy Wiseau. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, if you haven't seen it, there's a video that that Nerdist put out where Tommy Wiseau basically auditions for the the, the role of Joker, and it's the greatest thing. Like ever. Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the greatest it's thing ever. Um, so this new movie uh, is exciting to me because it's based off of a graphic novel called The Killing Joke. This is this is kind of a new thing. Have you, you you're nodding your head like you've read it? What's a new thing? The Killing Joke? No, no, that that's new information. Oh, I was the say, is the Killing Joke is no, it's from '88, I think. Yeah. From the 80s. I, think it was I don't the know 80s. when it's from exactly, but, but it's But that's old. very popular, though, yeah, Joker yeah. origin story. It's basically about how he's like a failed comedian, and uh, then like he snaps and becomes the Joker. Um, Joaquin Phoenix apparently has a commitment to play Joker. Really? Yep. Hmm. I, I didn't know how I felt about it at first, but I'm oddly okay with it. Hmm. I think he plays crazy enough to where we're not going to get comical Joker. We're going to get, like legitimately psychotic break joker more so than we've ever gotten i think in the past yeah. and that kind of excites me because that can that, that could lead and the killing joke is very dark to begin with yeah so i think that we're going to get like a super dark like horror verged version i'm just trying i'm trying to like picture joaquin phoenix acting that eccentric though you know like he, he's usually pretty reserved in most of his roles did you ever see him as a crazy homeless guy trying to be a rapper uh, no, I never saw that. The, it was uh, amazing. That like that fake documentary that they yep. filmed. Yeah. Yep. What was that called? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't no remember either. I know that was that like Affleck, where Casey Affleck was yeah, following him around? around? Yeah. He would go on like late night shows and just be a basket case. Yeah. And everyone believed it. It was genius. It really was. Um, so that's fun. Um, okay. Blues. Blues, blues with you. <laughs> blues with you. <laughs> uh, so Scream Factory. I feel like I say Scream Factory several times every week. Uh, Scream, <laughs> Scream Factory has announced that uh, Night of the... How do you say this? Night of the Lepus or Lepus? I've always said Lepus. Le okay, we'll just go with that because I like you. Uh, Night of the Lepus <laughs> will, be, <laughs> will be hopping to Blu-ray this summer. Uh, in this 1972 classic, a hormone intended to alter the breeding cycle of rabbits overrunning Arizona ranch lands instead turns them into flesh-eating 150-pound monsters in Night of the Lepus. Um, I mean, that's all you need to know, really. Uh, no, what you need to know is that the, the digital effects in this movie are the greatest. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the single greatest effects ever put in a in a movie. Digital effects? Any kind of effects. What do you... They're the best digital effects. It's the best claymation. It's the best... There was dig digital <laughs> effects in 1972? <laughs> no. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just saying it's better than everything. It's just rabbits. It's just rabbits. They look they, like they're huge. Didn't they just put them in... They put actual rabbits in miniature uh, <laughs> like miniature cities, right? It's genius. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> it is absolutely genius. Um, yeah, so that's coming out... Did I even... Oh, that'll be out... Um, uh, this summer, I don't think they gave an actual. Uh, okay, so you'd, just an you'd, you'd think that they would have tried to get it out for Easter. You would think, but they didn't. So, uh, Scream <laughs> Factory also announced uh, two more releases coming out June fifth: The Midnight Man, uh -huh. 
and Devil's Gate, two IFC Midnight titles. The Midnight Man has uh, uh, Freddy Cougar. Robert England. Robert, Robert, <laughs> Robert England. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible names tonight. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is a, a Robert England, a Freddy Krueger movie. Yeah. Um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the lost nightmare. <laughs> uh, that one's already out on VOD, I believe, but uh, um, Blu-ray on June fifth. Do you guys want to hear synopsis for synopsis? <laughs> synopsis? I just want to hear you say that. Synopsis. Synopsis. <laughs> Uh, we always do, I, I never know how to say that word. Would you Synopsis? like to hear a synopsis? Would you like to hear a synopsis <laughs> for each of these movies? I would. Okay. Dingus. Uh, so, for uh, The Midnight Man, on a snowy night in her grandmother's sprawling mansion, teenager Alex and her best friend Miles discover a mysterious box hidden away in the attic. Inside are instructions for the Midnight Game, an ancient pagan ritual said to summon the player's greatest fears. It all seems like harmless fun to Alex and... Miles until they unleash the terrifying spirit of the Midnight Man, an unholy force who pits them against their darkest demons and dares them to survive. Horror legends Robert England and Lynn Shea co-star in this terrifying supernatural game of cat and mouse. Lynn Shea's in everything. She is. It's true. Um, I I've never seen the, when I watched the this. trailer for yeah, this. I actually really thought it looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I'm I'm excited to see that one. All right. Next synopsis. Uh, Devil's Gate. What unholy f- Australian go. Australia, I can't do Australian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could take you right up on that. Uh, what, Polish. What, uh, I don't know Polish either. I'm just gonna do Borat. <laughs> what? Uh, no, I can't. I can't. I can't just. I can't just slide into. My name is Borat. What unholy force lies locked away in this crumbling, booby-trapped, middle of nowhere farmhouse? When a woman and her son mysteriously... thats I'm, I, I just slid into Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> keep going. I like keep going. <laughs> when a woman and her son mysteriously vanish, FBI agent Daria Francis is dispatched to the small town of Devil's Gate, North Dakota, to investigate the number one suspect. Religious fanatic Jackson Pritchard, husband and the father of missing persons... Oh, I just lost my place, damn it. <laughs> uh, but when Francis and local deputy Colt Salter arrive at Pritchard's foreboding property, this discover uh, they discover much more than they bargained for. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> for, <laughs> for lurking in the basement, <laughs> unfolding over the course of 24 delirious hours. This head-spinning sci-fi creature features hits viewers with a, a, a bonkers blitzkrieg of genre-bending twists and turns, and uh, I did not hit her. I did not. <laughs> that is bullshit. All right. Okay, that's it for that. Oh, oh my god. Amazing. All right. One, one more here. Via, via, via Second Sight Films, 1982's Extra. Oh yeah. Is finally making Extra. its Blu-ray debut on May 28th. And yes, it will be region free. Hmm. Uh, with brand new featurettes provided by Nucleus Films. Packaging for the limited edition Blu-ray will feature a rigid slipcase with both original UK theatrical and video artwork, each flipped vertically on either side, so you choose which is front. Oh, well, that is very exciting. Dang. Inside will be a digi- digipack containing Blu-ray and CD soundtrack plus softcover book. Uh, Extra centers on Sam, a devoted family man who returns to Earth three years after being abducted by aliens, 
Now possessing special powers, on his return, Sam seeks out his wife Rachel and son Tony, but discovers that his wife is now living with a man named Joe. Damn it, Joe. Rachel, <laughs> Rachel, Damn it, Joe. Rachel struggles to decide what her feelings are for the two men, while Sam's strange behavior begins to affect Tony in frightening ways. They, I, they actually just described the room. Tommy, so it's the room. The whole, that, 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 whole, that, that whole last part, you know. Uh, it's funny. I had uh, I posted a picture uh, not too long ago on our Instagram of uh, part of my VHS collection, and uh, one of our uh, one of our Instagram friends, uh, Karen, she uh, she goes, I didn't know there was a second extra movie, and then I told her there's three. Blew her fucking mind. <laughs> Blew her mind. Um, so yeah, shout out to you, Tragic Llama. Tragic great, Llama. Great name, by the way. That is a great name. Um. Anyway, okay, is that it for your uh, blues? That is it. Blues with you. That was blues with you. <laughs> that's the new uh that's yeah. <laughs> that, it's just something All right. yeah okay, nice. I, I don't i'm not gonna explain to you right. um, <laughs> just just let so it be what it is this is just fun because um because i think it sounds bonkers and it's great uh bloomhouse just picked up a spec script uh called the invasion mm -hmm. that is now we love a good home invasion movie yes right Sure. We love we love great alien abduction movies. Mm -hmm. This is a movie about a home invasion set during an alien invasion. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's just layers and layers. I mean, that, is that just not us the movie? Like <laughs> us the movie? Us the, like, <laughs> do we? Do we? Even... If we were going to make a movie, it would be that. Oh, probably wait. is my point. <laughs> and we'd add a few more layers. It would also be like a like found a, footage. Yeah, found footage. There'd be a clown somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lynn Shea and Bruce Campbell would be in it. Right. As aliens. Right. Uh, I finished Bruce Campbell's book, by the way. Oh, isn't it great? Yeah. We we both just listened. You should on uh, Spotify. It's called uh, Make Love the Bruce Campbell Way. Oh, it's on Spotify? Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh. Uh, anyway, so right. do you have more information about so that? It. Or it's, just... it's just a great sounding movie, yeah. so keep on okay. the lookout for that. I'm sure it's not going to be made for a while. But... Right on. All right, my final bit of news for this week um, is actually not movie news. It is booze news. Booze news? Booze news. Uh, do you like wine tastings? Uh, sure. I like um, I like the way wine tastes. So. Fair enough, fair enough. So um, there is a Belgian hotel that yeah. is hosting a wine tasting okay. that you can go to, and it will make all of your dreams come true. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to read you the headline of this, of this article. At last, you can drink wine inside a giant anus. Oh, <gasps> I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> What's the greatest headline ever? All right. Apparently, there is a hotel. Oh, There's a hotel in Belgium. <laughs> it is. It's literally. That, oh that my is, gosh. That is literally. And it's a, a colon. giant it's anus a colon. and colon. Wow. And it has veins on it and everything. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine if you did like an Airbnb and you showed up and it was that? So is that how you enter through that? It's an Airbnb. <laughs> no, no, that's actually exit only. <laughs> <laughs> Did it? I nailed it. <laughs> wow! So it, that's, a, that's a real hotel that you can actually stay in, and they are hosting a wine tasting event there. It looks like it's made out of paper mache. What the hell it's, is it? I, it's I don't know. It's uh, it's something. Oh, there's the entrance, Jay. Yeah, there's you oh, go okay. to the side. It's a side loader. If I had to, if I had to diagnose this person, I would say this is diverticulitis. <laughs> that's, that's, oh my goodness! There's your inside. It kind of looks like the inside of the Flintstones house. Wow, <laughs> that's that's really interesting. And so now this is the same company has a traveling bar that travels around the United States, what and that they... is the traveling bar that is also a giant anus and colon. What do they call it? It is called... Does it have a clever name? It, it does. Uh, it is called... Where's the article here? I was going to search for anus bar, but it's this is a church the, laptop. It's so. called the... <laughs> 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 it's, 
called the Cassanus House. Cassanus House. Oh my God. Um, well, there you go. There's there's your there's your anus news for the day. Are they coming to Detroit? I have no idea. I hope so. <laughs> I, I'm, if, if if it's coming, we're going. <laughs> Uh, yep. All right. Okay. <laughs> moving on. B- bowel moving on. <laughs> all right. Cut the shit. All right, let's let's get on to the next. Uh, all right. That's post. that's that's all I got. Boom. That was the news. <laughs> <laughs> boom. That was the news. The question. <laughs> let's try that. Let's try that one more time. All right. That. Boom. That was the news. There it is, Jay. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going to take a break and get recentered here. Mm-hmm. And uh, come back and talk about some some good touch, bad touch, I'm gonna get in out, between touch. I'm going to get out a little voodoo doll, and Mike's going to show me exactly where the demon touched him. Mm. <laughs> it's the Anus Cafe. <laughs> the Cassanus. Throughout this dulcy, faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Right, we're back. We uh, we've gotten all of the childish jokes out of the way. They're gone. It's gonna be nothing but business. Yes, business in the front, and sexual innuendo is in the back. It's like the sexual mullet. <laughs> right up your, <laughs> right up your caffeinus. That didn't last very long at all. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this week we are talking about uh, good touch, bad touch, uh, in the sense, in the sense of passing. And these movies are kind of like spiritual STDs. They just keep passing them from person to person. Yeah. Right. That's that's what we're talking about. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to tell you how to protect yourself, life condoms, if you will. <laughs> yeah. You basically just need Jesus, is what you really need. <laughs> uh, so from nineteen, 19- you're just liking Jesus to a condom, <laughs> a life condom. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. It kind of is. It protects you from spiritual STDs. All right, all right. Interesting theology. <laughs> uh, not gonna lie. Did they teach you that in uh, in, in college? In, in Bible school? No. <laughs> they, they didn't quite put it that way, but. <laughs> okay. All right, James. Uh, take it away. Let's see. Uh, from from 1989, Shocker, uh, <laughs> featuring Mitch Pileggi as Horace Pinker. Uh, I've always loved the name Horace Pinker as a serial killer. Such a cool name. It's a really, really good name. And kind of, and and kind of a weird. This is a this is a weird way to see Mitch Pileggi because I'm not used to him in okay. in this type of role. This is the third time that I've watched this movie. Mm-hmm. The first two times I fell asleep. Yeah. And why? we'll get we'll get to why oh, once, okay. we, once right. we get into it. But um, I never realized that it's fucking Skinner from X Files. Oh. Yeah. Never realized it was him. Even <laughs> though was? I had started this movie and saw half of it two times in a row. I just never realized it was him for some strange reason. Maybe because I was like not paying attention the first two times or whatever well, looks, it was. He looks really different. I mean, he's he does. Like, he's like he's he looks like he's bigger, big and fit, and like his head is completely shaved bald. So that kind of makes it different. And because uh, mm-hmm. normally he's got sort of the the horseshoe thing going on, right? Like the well, and he's a beard, right? And he has a beard in, in X Files. <clears throat> um, so you got Mitch Pileggi playing uh, Horace Pinker, the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Berg. Mm-hmm. Playing Jonathan Parker, who's a, a college football college football star and uh, arch rival of of Horace Pinker, otherwise known as not Ethan Hawke. 
because <laughs> he looks he was almost it was almost distracting <laughs> to me watching this movie because he looks and sounds exactly like a young Ethan Hawke a young Ethan Hawke yes. yeah oh my god only he's only he's terrible <laughs> but Peter okay he's terrible here's the thing about Peter Berg is despite the fact that he's really not a great actor at all I've always kind of liked him for some reason yeah, fair enough I don't know why fair enough um I've never had a problem with him uh um, John Tesh is a TV newscaster. That's fun. Uh, um, totally random. Uh, Camille Cooper plays uh, plays the the girlfriend uh-huh. of. Oh, did you? Oh, you found the thing yeah, you were talking. Southern Comfort. Southern Comfort. Yeah. Oh, we were talking about this off air, so yeah. this doesn't mean no, anything. Irrelevant. All you need to know is Southern Comfort. <laughs> um, uh, anybody? Anybody else? Any big names? Uh, what was what was her name? Uh, Camille Cooper. <clears throat> Fine. Eighties. It is fine. <laughs> she was so familiar, but I couldn't, I couldn't peg her. But because uh... <laughs> you're married, James, <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter, you uh, trash anyway, bug. You ask me if there's any other big names. Ted fucking Ramey. Oh, Theodore Ramey. Come on now, Theodore Ramey himself. Yes. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> He was so young. He was so young oh, yeah. in this movie. Oh, like yeah. I was like, because he, I, I was this like, would have been right after Evil Dead Two. Yeah. Yep. Oh wow. So, so cool. And um, but it was, it's funny because I noticed him in like the background of the funeral scene at the at the beginning, and I paused it and Robotic goes, "That's fucking Ted Raimi," because he wasn't in the forefront. I'm like, is he just like an extra in this movie? And I was, I was super confused. And every time you saw him, he doesn't say a word. Until uh, the very end, he's got like two scenes where he actually has lines, and that's he's it. He's got a few lines throughout but the movie. But it's a small kind of part, though. He's, 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 not a, he's not a huge actor, no, though. No, no, but it's just funny, though, that he's... Just kind of see him hanging out in the background. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's big He's big if you know who he is, if that, right. ma- if that makes sense. Right. Like, Well, and, and there's the... Because uh, there was the joke of... what's what, what were the jokes between Wes Craven... And uh, Sam Raimi with placing the like there was the there was the Freddy the, glove was in Freddy Evil glove. Dead Two. Yeah, well, no, in Evil or, Dead there was the Rip the Hills Have Eyes poster. Oh right, that's and right. And then in one, I believe in one of the Freddy movies, the Necronomicon was in it. Okay. And then in Evil Dead Two, there was the glove above the door. Right. And so they would go back and forth. Just so just then in Shocker, he just other. decided yep. to throw Ted Raimi in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the ultimate Easter egg. <laughs> I'm um, gonna put your brother in here. <laughs> uh, Heather Langenkamp also played a very small role yeah. as one of the victims, which yeah. I I looked for. I I didn't even see her. Quite frankly, uh, I, I'm not sure. I didn't pay too much attention to try and spot her, but I don't think yeah, nothing jumped out at me either. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, uh, after being sent to the electric chair, a serial killer uses electricity to come back from the dead and carry out his vengeance on the football player who turned him into the police. It's believable. <laughs> If that sounds like a really wacky premise That's to a movie, wacky. that is wacky. If it sounds like a wacky premise to a movie, it's because it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this movie is uh, it's eighties gold, as it's... far as I'm concerned. I'll give it. I'll say bronze. It's eighties bronze. Bronze. Let's that's, settle, that's, let's that's, settle that's on. Let's settle on silver. silver? How about okay. silver? Right, fine. Okay. Fine. <laughs> um, the acting is. Uh, it is what it is. It's kind of it's subpar. Spectacular. <laughs> it's uh, the the soundtrack is amazing. The soundtrack. Okay, I will say this. Uh, Shocker has the single greatest theme song to ever grace a horror movie, especially from that era. Uh, which, I'm putting it out there. Which which song is that? I believe it's Alice Cooper that does the the theme to Shocker. It's the one in the very very beginning, and and they play at the very end. It's like the the 80s hair metal song. Um, that's all about Shocker. 
I can't remember it. Shocker! <laughs> kind of. Shocker! Uh, I believe yeah, it was Alice oh, sh- Cooper. Uh, shocker. Shocker was performed by, this is so much better than Alice Cooper. <laughs> oh. The Dudes of Wrath. <laughs> uh, so oh, the, it's, oh my God. It, it looks like kind of a super group. It's um, written, uh, written by Desmond Child, Jean Beauvoir, uh-huh. Guy Man Dude, <laughs> Paul Stanley, and uh, Paul Paul Stanley from Kiss, Kiss yeah. and uh, Desmond Child did lead vocals. Guy Man Dude uh, and Vi- <laughs> and Vivian Campbell did guitars. Rudy Sarzo, yeah, Rudy Sarzo. He's Ru- he's a bass player uh, for Quiet Riot. And yeah, Ozzy that's right. And not yeah. Rory Scarzo from Shock and Opera. Right? <laughs> not, not Rory Scarzo. Uh, Rudy Sarzo played bass. Tommy Lee played drums. Holy shit! And background vocals by Kane Roberts, Louis Merliano, Desmond Child, and Michael Anthony. No, like, it's that maybe, was a super group. Maybe it is one, one of the guys from the band, but there was uh, this part in the movie where I'm jumping ahead here, but there's part in the movie where uh, they're running through the, the park and there's a construction worker that has kind of like a long hair mullet looking thing going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That he is, he was a guitar player for Alice Cooper. Oh, and is he? That might be one of the guys in the band. I don't know his name. He's actually, got a, few, know that, he's though, actually yeah. got a few lines in the movie and stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, but he was the... He, was he keeps the, his hard hat on the whole time. <laughs> like, <laughs> even when he stalks him to the school, he's got his hard hat on. I'm like, take the hard hat off. He's got to hold it. You need your hands free, man. Yeah, maybe but he's losing his hair. He didn't want to take his... That is general OSHA-approved safety. <laughs> there, there, was, there was no hair loss under that under that hard hat. He had so much hair. When we were doing some some work down at the Little Caesars Arena, you had to have hard hats on, no matter... Even if you're just walking through. And yeah. so we, we'd... Falling pizza. Go outside the building, you know, take a lunch break. You're like... I'm not gonna just set my hard hat on the ground. I'm just gonna keep it on my head so I can eat my lunch with my hands. But but if you were stalking somebody and you stalked them to a high school <laughs> and you were hiding under the bleachers, you'd probably lose the hard hat. But maybe the guy would just think that oh he's just working on the bleachers. <laughs> working on the bleachers, yeah. <laughs> what I will say about that guy though, he threw a pickaxe about 300 yards, which was pretty damn impressive. I, I loved that. <laughs> It's true. It's true. No, but oh, as so far funny. as far as the rest of the, uh, there was no more Mister Nice Guy by Megadeth. Yep. Uh, Shocker. Wait, Ta- that was Megadeth. No more Mister Nice Guys. I'm. That's not a Megadeth. That, I thought says, that was. It says no. crew. It says performed yeah. by Megadeth. I don't. I think that's wrong. So were, a at? lot of the songs in there were covers. True, but I don't. Okay, maybe. Well, it, it, it's it, very possible. Well, didn't you they notice did the, it, vo- but... the vocals didn't sound like the normal? The, uh, maybe like they the normal mix that you do on here. Cover it. Um. There the, is a Megadeth. That's no more Mr. No, that's, nice yeah, guy. Yeah, Alice covered. Cooper. Wow. That's what I was thinking. That's Alice Cooper. Oh, oh yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, I, mean, so I was drawing a blank when you said Megadeth for a second. No. Uh, Love Transfusion by Iggy Pop. I mean, I feel like I need to hunt the soundtrack down because it's fantastic. Like this, the, this is the the soundtrack. Honestly, I think is the best part of this entire movie. Oh yeah. Well, and it's it's just ridiculous to because the no more Mr. Nice Guy uh, part was during Horace Pink like the the lead up to Horace Pinker's execution. Yeah, and it was just the most random. Like you would think it would be, like, it like was a really, very like, odd really choice moody. for for that scene. <laughs> but it but it wasn't at the same time because it was like this movie is schlock at its very. Oh yeah, at its very best. Yeah. And Horace Pinker was a very nice guy, and they're they're killing him, and no more Mister Nice Guy. I mean, it makes sense. He's just a lowly TV repairman. I mean, come on. So, so this this movie is kind of a mess, just through and through. Am I wrong? No, it is. I'm really it is. not. Like, this is not my favorite Wes Craven movie. I'll say that. Oh no. Um, now the reason that I was saying before how it took me three times to get through it. Yeah. I would continuously fall asleep to this movie because, and and. 
Brian and I talked about this before you got here. <laughs> this movie is incredibly too long. It's a two-hour-long movie that should have been like an hour and 25 minutes. Yep. Tops. People yeah. say that about our podcast every week. <laughs> <laughs> and, they're, and they're right. And they're right. No, they're it, right. No, an hour. The, they, first, the first act, though, before he even gets to the chair, which kicks off the movie, mm -hmm. is 45 minutes. Yeah. Like that, that, they could have yeah. cut half of that out. Yeah. It does not need to be that long. And I, and I remember thinking to myself, I've watched half of this movie because I got up to the electric chair. I never watched even half of it. And you know what's you know what's funny is uh, the way that he the way that he manages to track down the killer is such a such a move of convenience in the writing of this movie. Oh, there's a lot mm -hmm. of that in this that, movie. Oh, that yeah. there's no way they should have been able to stretch it out that long because basically Peter Berg's character Jonathan figures out who the killer is because he dreams about it, and then he goes to his dad who happens or his foster dad who happens to be. Uh, the chief lieutenant of police or whatever and says I know who the killer is and I can tell you where he works and I can tell you his name and I can tell you what he looks like that delivery be was way better than any delivery yeah. be because, by the way. it's because not delivery it's DiGiorno <laughs> <laughs> because I dreamed it okay, and so and that's like like I said that's it's such it's such lazy just like writing just yeah to be convenient if that there's no way they should have been able like you could have done that all of that in the first 10 minutes of the movie so if you have not seen this movie though just really really quickly uh horace pinker is a serial killer the uh the cops are looking for him he's been he's been getting away with murder for a long time and then finally uh the the uh, the foster son of the lieutenant uh, starts having dreams and he finds them. They arrest him. They put him to death, but he doesn't die. He just turns into electricity and then <laughs> continues his killing spree. Because there's he, your movie. <laughs> because he practiced the dark arts. Because he practiced the dark arts. And they, the dark electronic with arts. With a really hip demon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I love that part. You texted yes. me about that, and and I, like that was the part that always stood out to me in this like, movie. That that was the part. That was the part that really set the tone for me when he's sitting there and he's got the candles and this like demon symbol on the ground and this TV <laughs> and he's attached to it and there's shocks. He's like, "Come on, give it to me." The demon's like, "You got it, baby." <laughs> I was like, "This is Wes Craven." <laughs> At his best, <laughs> like the like this is some ancient demon, and that's that's the way he addressed the demon them. that came out you of the TV it, in the jail cell. Sort of looked like the water monster from Abyss, from the Abyss too. Did you notice that? Like it kind of had the same like oh, yeah. fluid motion uh -huh. coming out. Only the Abyss was a gajillion times better. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> this is what I don't understand. Why in the fuck did the son suddenly start seeing this in his dreams? Because he got a concussion. Yeah, that's that's it. Like he just he was showing off to the girls, ran ran his ass into a uh, the, the the field goal, and suddenly he can start seeing the, uh, uh, killers in his dreams. Here's, here's and and the killer who exists in real life is in his dreams, but he can suck him out through his. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like they pulled a total Freddy Krueger move where he could go <laughs> into his dreams and pull things from the dreams into it, the real it world. It makes absolutely zero sense. The only sense that it does make is when you realize that, um, I, I was reading some trivia on it, and this, Wes Craven wanted to turn this into a new franchise. Mm. After, uh, I think it was Freddy 3, he left left it after Freddy 3, that yep. had gotten stale. He wanted this to be a new franchise, and I almost wonder if he was literally just trying to kickstart the same lawnmower. Like, right. know, it was a lawnmower, it could be anything with a motor. But if you were going to, uh, there were too many similarities to Freddy Krueger. So yeah. 
it, it, it's it's like practically the, the exact same thing. It, it was the same villain in a different medium because it was through electricity, mm -hmm. but at the same time, not a different medium because you added in all this weird Dream Warrior stuff. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was exactly, it was lifted right from Dream Warrior. Even the intro is the exact same intro. In Nightmare on Elm Street, it's Freddy Krueger making his glove and it shows him, you know, doing it. Right. And that. In the beginning of Shocker, it's just him taking apart TVs and, and like, it's and the you can just same. see his soldering see his so poorly, by the way. So poorly. Like, any guy, any, like, don't get me wrong, I can't solder anything, but like, any, any guy who works in that business, who can't solder something without getting the, 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 uh, the solder all over his boots, dripping all over his boots. Like you should yeah. at your job. I was like, no man. wonder yeah. you've got a limp. Because <laughs> <laughs> you burned your dang toes off. Now here, okay, here's to 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 answer your uh, your question about like why the hell can Jonathan all of a sudden see this stuff in yeah. his dreams? Was he spoiler here? Was he actually Horace Pinker's son? Do you think, or was Horace Pinker just trying to? Like no, there's no reason. There's no reason him. to think that he wasn't. Yeah. Because because even his foster dad looks at him like his foster dad knew, even though he didn't know who Horace Pinker was, which was <laughs> it's a big plot hole. But his dad looks at him as though, oh my god, he knows the truth now. Right. Like, so yeah, I think that he, he was. I think that that they're fine. That that gives a connection. But but why suddenly out of nowhere did he just knock something loose in his head? Is that all it was? Here's another thought. Maybe he got that concussion on the first day of practice, and everything after that was just concussion dreams. Ooh. Like, maybe this whole thing was just some weird, fucked up dream. <laughs> nah? I like it. Right? Concussion oh. dreams. Maybe. Or maybe he Maybe he actually <laughs> maybe he went home with a concussion and fell asleep, because you're not supposed to go to sleep when you have a concussion. Maybe he just died. You're supposed to have somebody wake you up every couple hours to make sure that you're, you're not slipping into a coma. Maybe he slipped into a coma... And everything after that is stuff that he's Listen, dreaming in this coma. If that ended up turning out to be real, it'd be a real shocker. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <Right. laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So, like I said, my my big my biggest uh, I like this movie. It was fine. Like it, it was what it was. I it's not my favorite Wes Craven movie. Uh, it's it's incredibly too long at two hours. Yeah. It, it really, yeah. there is a lot of fat that could have been trimmed. Um, that being said, though, there are redeeming parts to the movie. The, the final act is actually pretty awesome in yeah. its effects and everything else. It still doesn't make any fucking sense. But <laughs> um, I like when uh, after after uh, Horace Pinkerton is or Pinker, Pinker. Not Pinkerton. That's a Weezer album. After Horace Pinker is, uh, he turns. He gets to a point in the movie where he just basically turn. He looks at an electrical socket and goes, "Oh, I can do that," and just plugs his fingers into electrical socket. From that point out, I love the movie because mm -hmm. it's so batshit crazy <laughs> off its rocker. Yeah. Um, they give him this weird looking like VHS stutter effect over his whole body. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool. It was a really cool visual effect they did. They did they did the ring before the ring did the ring. <laughs> yeah, duh. <laughs> Stop copying off of Shocker. <laughs> it really was. It was when it did, was kind of that. When what? did uh Ringu come out though? Was it? It wasn't an '80s movie, was it? Was that '90s? I don't know. It had to have been '90s. I think it was the '90s. Yeah. yeah. So they did steal it. 1998. Oh, yeah. they totally stole yep. it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so they did this really cool effect on him. But my favorite part about the the, the final act <laughs> is that somehow the son and and Horace get sucked into the electricity. I'm not exactly sure how that worked. Well, Horace <laughs> Horace uh, murders Jonathan's girlfriend yeah and then 
and this is where this is where it's so loopy. Like he goes into his dreams, and he he's talking to his girlfriend in his dreams, but she can somehow uh, she can somehow affect what's actually happening in the physical she's realm. She's an angel. She's whatever. And she's she, got a wicked chest ray. I was gonna say she's she, she, oh, she yeah. shot lasers out of her tits. <laughs> Come on. I'm, in my notes, I just put chest ray with three exclamation points. I was like, that's so awesome. It was, uh, it, it, and did you notice it actually hit? It, it, she just walks into the room. Laser tits, laser tits, laser tits. <laughs> did you notice that it grew fingers after it? And when it like went to throw Horace Pinker aside? It doesn't make any sense. No, it's, it's, it's horrible. But I, for me, for me, this, this movie is mostly just nostalgia. Because I, yeah. I used to watch it with uh, with my cousin TJ all the time when I, we were younger. I think just, just real quick to get back to to laser tits. Laser tits. Um, I think that the hey, idea. Hey, laser tits. I think the idea was supposed to be she was maybe an angel and that was like good coming out of her and he was evil, the devil. You know, like I think that is sort of the the correlation you could maybe draw from it, but. We might oh, be overthinking that. Well, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I don't, I just, yeah, I don't listen, think that they. I just need something to make sense in this movie. Okay, that's all I need. Well, because what, what so she uh, he he gives her a necklace in the beginning of the movie, and then when I mentioned the uh, the construction worker with the hard hat, he he had that the necklace wrapped around the pickaxe, and that's why he threw the pickaxe. He threw People it out. Dead. He, he threw it out into the lake, like three hundred yards out into the lake, which was really impressive, and and so he. That's the thing is when he goes to he's like I gotta get this necklace because she told me that the necklace is how I drive Horace Pinker out of out of people's bodies. Who knew twenty three ninety nine at J C Penney could fight so much evil? <laughs> and now he goes he he goes to swim out into the lake to get the necklace, but he does it in his dream. He's not actually he swimming pull, out. But he the, can but he can pull things out of his dreams. It just doesn't. They already established it's that. So it's so. It doesn't make like make sense. up your make up your mind. It does have the greatest fight scene between an adult and a child I've ever seen, though. That's a, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a that's a really great scene. I just love the fact that they got this sweet little blonde girl to say motherfucker. <laughs> she jumps up into a backhoe, and she's like, "What? What does she even say? I just know she says fucker." No, I was is like, it, this is like son a, of a bitch. Isn't, isn't no? She says fucker. Does she say fucker. Okay. Yeah, she's like, she's like seven years old. I was like, wow, your mom. Yep. Is a stage mom, and she's terrible. Um, I was talking. That's no. Oh, oh, I did. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was talking. <laughs> oh, this movie's taking everything out of me. I was I was talking talking about the end of the movie and how I love the final act. And one of the things they do is the two of them get sucked into the electronic television force, if you will. Yeah. And they start going through the channels. They realize that he has a remote and he can change the channels. And suddenly Horace Pinker and uh, the son, well, I don't even know what his name was. Uh, Jonathan. Jonathan. They're, they're channel surfing and fighting through the TV shows. Yeah, and I, this is the best montage I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. in an '80s horror flick, like it was great, absolutely fantastic. Well, not only yeah. are they not only are they like cruising through all these like there's like um like historic footage of the uh, what the hell was the the Zeppelin? Oh, uh, the Hindenburg. The Hindenburg blowing up. <laughs> but the people uh, in the footage act like look like they're actually reacting to them, which right. is yeah, the best it was part very about impressive. it. There was like there was like footage from World War One or something, and and, uh, and Horace Pinker goes up and grabs one of the knives off the dead bodies and tries to stab mm-hmm. them, and and but then the people in real life, like you can hear John Tesh as the newscaster saying. 
reports of reports of uh, uh, Jonathan Parker and what appears to be Horace Pinker have been popping up all over popular popular uh, programming. It's like <laughs> they're just treating like treating this like it's sort of a com like not common, but like it's just like oh yeah, the- reports are. Ha- why isn't why aren't people freaking out about the this? The whole point of John Tesh even being in this movie is for that one scene where they show up in the TV studio <laughs> at the end. Uh-huh. That's the yep. entire point of that of that entire character. What's and- <laughs> the What's the line that Horace Pinker says to him before he throws him over the table? It's like the it's like the end line that you would And that's the way it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was I was gonna say it's kinda like the and that's the rest of the story. But he Horace Pinker says yeah. that to him. He's just like, and that's the way it is and he throws <laughs> him over the, the table. It's amazing. One thing that I will say about that sequence, Wes Craven, you used actual footage of Hiroshima. Oh. Maybe a little bit no, tasteless. Uh, no, that wasn't that wasn't Hiroshima. That was that was footage from the uh, nuclear tests. The nuclear oh, tests in, test? in Nevada. That, that I think, wasn't yeah, that yeah. wasn't the actual yeah, bomb. That, there's like okay. the really famous footage of like Not the. Not that it uh, makes it yeah. really any better, but like, like the that mo- actually killed people. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 those are te- no the tests in Nevada. No, I'm just saying though that led to actually killing people. Like those tests led to the A bomb being dropped well, in also, Japan. Well, he also showed footage of war and like. Guys Fair dying enough. on the battlefield. I, I, I thought that it was Hiroshima, though. And I'm like, oh, that's that's in poor taste. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think that there's any existing footage from the ground in Hiroshima. I would I would venture a guess. Probably you're probably right. <laughs> there was a, there was actually one thing that I noticed where well, I guess like, there is there's there's photographs from right afterwards. Afterwards, yeah. Okay, not not during, footage okay, like during enough, the explosion. <laughs> There was one thing that I actually noticed during that sequence that I I thought was maybe I'm just expecting too much from this movie, which I I could be completely guilty of. But uh, he's standing there and like this is all happening like on TV and whatnot. He's like, yeah. But my plan is, my friend here is about to take down the power for the whole town, and he, like, names the kid, and then it happens. I'm like, you just got your friend in trouble, bro. <laughs> he's like, my friend Philip Parker is about to go and throw his crowbar into the Transformer to take down the power of the whole town, which might be a felony. I'm pretty yeah. sure all those high school kids were in their 30s, by the way, too. Oh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of them were. Yeah. I like how conveniently, too, they, they break into that place. So uh, Jonathan gets his all of his football buddies to break into basically the central hub of the... The uh, is it, was it was it the electricity for the whole town or was it just it, the cable for the whole it town? It was electricity for the whole town. It's, it's a good thing those high school kids were so knowledgeable about... Uh, the the electronic or the electrical grid for the entire town. Well, <laughs> like not the not only that, but they get they get to unit. the they get to the main transformer, and uh, and the one dude's like the one dude's like it's locked, and Rhino's like pick it. It's like, <laughs> dude, does the normal high school student just know how to pick a lock? Did you also notice that apparently their high school letter jackets were just long trench coats because every <laughs> single one of them were wearing long leather trench coats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's once you become once you become like a vigilante group, you have to it's, wear it's a like long the, trench coat. It's like the it's Lost just... Boys or something. Like that. <laughs> the Lost Boys were their high school. We need our Letterman <laughs> trench coats. <laughs> oh my god, this uh, movie's great. Yeah, I thought I hated it. Clearly, I love it. <laughs> you There's... actually, you actually came out of it when I you came after out of you it. watched it. You were like, you didn't like it. I came out of it going, all right, this this is. 
not my. I also said again, not my favorite Wes Craven movie. It's well, it not doesn't have to be your favorite Wes Craven it's, movie. It's not that it's bad. It has redeeming parts, but this movie is just that. It's a series of parts that I like and parts that I don't like. It's it's almost not even a functional movie. It's not. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, it's it's really kind of it's not cohesive it's not it's, it's not at all it, it like there, it, it, it that's kind of what it is though it's just like a bunch of parts just strung together and it yeah with, it, with a very very it, loose thread that ties them all and together. it makes a movie that's way too long uh there but are fun. some good there are some good uh practical effects though uh horace pinker bites the lip off of a security guard right. which is pretty oh, gnarly. so uh-huh. good uh, apparently wes craven had to submit this movie to the mpaa like a dozen times really to get an R rating and there's like really extended scenes about that with the, the the lip bite and then in that same scene he bites off a couple fingers from a security guard apparently there are the other uh, jail guard apparently there's a really long scene about him biting him off and <coughs> spitting him out like there's a lot of stuff well, i mean they also like right in the beginning of the movie they show a a dead child on the ground yep. with like like three of his fingers cut off at the knuckle and stuff like that. It's pretty heavy stuff, you mm-hmm. know? And that still made it into the film, so it's kind of weird. Like, I wonder what else was in there that that caused the MPAA to turn it away 12 times. All the things that tied all the parts together. <laughs> I almost wonder, I haven't seen the, um, the Scream Factory version of this. Uh-huh. I almost wonder if they put back put that back together perhaps oh yeah i wonder um i watched the vhs so the, oh you did glorious vhs glorious vhs <laughs> nice um the uh i will say the scream factory cover art is awesome oh yeah it's yeah, great you should it's probably great. buy that if i see it i will yeah. i would say i would buy it but i don't collect movies the way you do so you buy it I will. and then i'll look at it I will. damn it <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway that's that's shocker that's shocker we probably talked to it we talked about it for longer than we had to so but um, so let's let's move on to our second movie of the evening, shall we? Uh, second movie. Is the second different. movie no, is called uh, what? I was to say second flick is different than the first, but it's not. It's <laughs> the exact same flick. <laughs> well, I mean, sort of. Uh, so the, the the second movie is Fallen from 1998. Uh, it's about homicide detective John Hobbs, who witnesses the execution of a serial killer Edgar, Edgar Reese. Soon after the execution, the killings start again, and they are very similar to Reese's style. Um, this movie, I always, I always kind of lumped it in with, even though it's not as dark and gritty. I've always lumped it in with Seven. Mm-hmm. No, I can see that. I, they came yeah. out around the same time, and I, I saw them around the same time mm-hmm. when I was younger. So I, I've always just kind of thought of them as a sort of spiritual. Uh, they, have a, they have a spiritual kinship. <laughs> a kinship. There you go. Yeah. I I actually I felt that connection as well. Like watching this is like this reminds me a lot about Seven. But one of the things that it missed that I I think this is just be, me being picky is just like the cinema the cinematography style of Seven. Yeah. Like uh, Seven has this uh, technique of like uh, of. Uh, Developing the film called Bleach Bypass, which basically creates a black and white image over the cover color image that makes the darks darker and it keeps the light makes that's, the lights lighter. Like that's, how make, the, that's how they did Seven. You're making yeah. us look bad because you know way more about film than we do. He's got uh, it. He's got it right there on his <laughs> computer. I, 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 yeah, this is something that I, I heard and I was like, oh, I, I, I need Fine, to look it up. So. Your reading skills. Well, so, are so in, in layman's terms, it's like what I said. Seven had a much grittier sort yeah. of look to it yeah it's got a grittier look it's got a higher contrast so the darks are darker the lights are lighter 
And uh, I just felt like it missed that because I know uh, you and I, Mike, we talked about this earlier uh, before the recording, and you mentioned it's like this is just a really polished thing. Yeah, it's it's a prime example of Hollywood trying to get in on the genre game, mm -hmm. but missing what makes those movies what they are. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's it's a it's a th if this script was made with half the budget. And by a genre filmmaker, or by it would have been it would have been or just made by David, <laughs> or just made by David Fincher. Because <laughs> sure, sure. Because that's what I've always loved about Seven is like. But Fincher has Fincher had that sensibility though. Right. He always does, even yeah. in his movies now, even with massive budgets. Yeah. His movies still maintain that look. Right. Like he's got he's got it's that his style. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, but yeah, <clears> there was this movie's way too polished for its own good, and I think it suffers for it. I think that they. They really tried, Hollywood really tried their hand at puncturing that genre bubble, and it just didn't work. Like, even down to, they have, uh, this movie is practically the same thing as Shocker, only they throw some theology into it with angels and demons and this and that, which we'll, we'll get into, but... Well, there's a there's a oh, uh, there's there's two there's two major similarities that those being there's a there's a serial killer who is executed uh -huh. and and afterwards after the execution the entity in this case it's a, a demon can travel through touch yeah. the similarities kind of end there did well, you it's, they're both cop dramas too sort of well sure did you guys notice the throwbacks during the ex execution scene like uh, which parts uh i noticed two things first of all the word pederast like that's not a word that anybody used. I've never heard it before, but uh, it was used in both movies. Like when they were chained to the oh, you're totally uh, chained right. down. And I was like, oh, that that's something that only comes up if you're being self-aware as a movie. And then at the end, after his monologue, the uh, the guy from SVU was like, all right, light me up. And then the the gas thing drops. And he's like, oh. It's gas. So it, it, it kind of led itself up to... It, it seemed very self-aware that it was kind of a throwback. To, like, it was a little bit of a clever, subtle sh throwback to Shocker that I really enjoyed. Do you think that possibly somebody tried to remake Shocker without mm. it being Shocker? I mean, is it possible? They're almost 10 years apart. Like I maybe don't know, it, there, there are a lot <clears throat> of similarities between these two movies. It's all... And like, like it's not... You would you would think that it's an original idea that somebody can just pass through person to person by touch, right? There's not too many movies that have that as as its as its main um, focus. But is it, you you can't help but wonder. Maybe it wasn't, but you can't help but wonder. I is is uh I I've never actually looked it up. Is uh is Azazel a real demon? Uh, I I don't believe so. Um, but he I, is I he's real, real he's quick. real in pop culture because there's lots of Azazels in pop culture. There is. Yeah. There's lots of them. Oh, isn't... Uh, There's an Azazel and Batman. Azazel. There's Azazel. Okay, so Azazel, it, the um, origin of that is from a, uh apocryphal book, meaning like a book of the Bible that is not canon. So it's from the books of Enoch. Oh, Enoch. It's uh, Enoch is the father of Noah, I believe. Right? I don't know. Father of, I believe Enoch is the father of Noah. There's a whole, there's lots of books about it. There's a, there's Ethiopian, there's Ethiopian Christians that actually the Book of Enoch's are their main, uh, it's like their main, their main book. 
Uh, there's lots of lots of faith derived about it. It's not in Catholicism though by any stretch, or or most Christian. Uh, yeah, it, most Christian uh, sects. There's not. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, if for for those of you that don't know, Brian, you have a theology degree, correct? Uh, more or less. It's a biblical studies degree, which so is he's our more, he's our he's our yeah. local god <laughs> god guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's our local god guy. Um, we have one of those now. <laughs> uh, Enoch is an ancestor of Noah. I thought it was his uh, father, his, grandfather, his, maybe. No, his his children are Methuselah and Barakil. Okay. Um, and Methuselah was the grandfather of Noah. Okay, okay. So I knew there, so was, I knew there was heritage. There's a though. connection there. I knew yeah. there was heritage. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like as far I, I, I don't know if there's actual, actually any legitimate connection between these two movies. There's definitely, conceptually, they're very similar. Yeah, they are. When it comes to, but it's but probably like, more a happenstance. Yeah, you know? probably. Maybe maybe somebody somewhere had taken some ideas, but it. But you could say there. this about so many other movies sure. where there's, you know, like... It, I don't know. Every rom-com is different. <laughs> every single one. If you've seen if you've seen Bridget Jones's Diary, you've seen every other rom-com. Listen, how many movies have you seen where there's the seemingly ugly girl and she takes off her glasses and suddenly she's beautiful? Oh, glasses and ponytail. Oh, I yeah. not noticed this before. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to Fallen, it's got a pretty stacked cast here. Uh, Denzel Washington plays the lead. Mm-hmm. The lead... Vito. <laughs> he lead. plays the lead. Uh, uh, John Hobbs. John Goodman. John Goodman. Man, John Goodman's John amazing. Goodman. There is not a single thing that he has ever been bad in. I, I challenge anyone to find me a role that John Goodman has been bad in. Uh, I won't. Ch- I'm not going to take that challenge because I, <laughs> I don't know of anything offhand. But uh, uh, Donald Sutherland, mm-hmm. M. Beth Davids, M- it's, it's, James it's, Gandolfini. It's ironic that. M. Beth Davids is in this movie. Why? Now, M. Beth, I don't know if you know who she is. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I did not recognize her at all. It wasn't until I was looking up info for the show Mm -hmm. that I realized, oh my God, she played Greta. Like, she doesn't look like her at all. Uh, M. Beth, if you don't know who she is, she played um, the the, the main female lead in Army of Darkness. She was uh, Ash's love interest in Army of Darkness. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and she, uh, I, I just had no idea that she was in this. And it's ironic that she is in this, who was in Army of Darkness, and Ted Raimi was in... There's another one of those was in connections. Oh. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's, it's a little <laughs> ironic, all right? <laughs> Isn't it ironic? And like I said, the whole finger thing, like that, that Azazel does, yep. maybe, they, maybe, they, maybe it was just an in-joke. They're like, hey, we're remaking your movie, and we're going to do all these little callbacks to <laughs> your movie. Funny did, it, did you was. say that off... off- the recording or no i think i said that during which yeah. part oh. the, the the thing about thing. his finger yeah, like yeah, that yeah. Uh, okay. azazel whenever he's inhabiting another body he actually does the shocker if you, sign. if you need a refresher i'll give you a, a crash course on the finger thing after the uh after we're done oh sweet sweet <laughs> how Great. would that work with the oh well it'll work <laughs> we'll make it we'll make it we'll make it work <laughs> where, the, where there's a will <laughs> um also you have james gandolfini uh in uh and elias Coteus. Which why? Elias Coteus is not in the movie for a long time, but he's awesome. Why do in the they parsity. always give the shaft to Casey Jones? Every single time. I feel like every movie that Elias Coteus is in, not every single, obviously not every movie, but he plays bit parts in a lot of movies that mm-hmm. I just wish were main characters. Yeah. Because he's always the best. Yeah, he he's outshines awesome. everybody else in, in every movie. And it's like just, I, I know that he is the lead in, not, maybe not the lead, but more featured in a lot of movies. Sure. I'm not saying that he always gets the shaft, but 
every time I see him, I just want more of him mm-hmm. in and around me and, and on me. And, and every- <laughs> All you got to do is let him and touch you, and, you. <laughs> and then he's in you. Um, <laughs> oh, I love Elias Ortiz, man. Um, yes, Casey Jones himself. Yes, sir. And, uh, man, he was, he was awesome in this movie. Like, he just... Yeah, he he set the tone for what Azazel was. Right. Like he like like every everyone after him had to at least live up to his performance, which is which they did a... but didn't. Some of them didn't in my opinion, but Oh, uh, like who? Uh I don't think that well I don't think that uh, who was the uh uh, who was the main the main guy that had him for a while after that? Like he had the same body for a while and I can't think of the character's name now. Um but I thought that he was lacking going from from Elias Cotes to that guy. Charles. Yes, it... I think it was Charles. Yeah, the, like the first guy after yeah, him. Was yeah, kind of the guy with the sandwich. Yes, yeah, it was more subdued. It wasn't like I don't know. I feel like Azazel would be much more like in your face, especially when he knows people knows about him. Well, at that point, but I don't know. At, but at the same time, it's it's almost like he went into hiding. Like he went into that body almost to go into hiding just for just for a short amount of time before he could start his work over again and start screwing with John Hobbs That's again. Fair, I suppose. Because That's fair. uh he, it, by the sounds of it they don't really tell you how long he was inside of Edgar Reese but about it five, sounds like about 5 minutes. <laughs> about 5 <laughs> minutes before the whole thing just fell apart. Uh, <laughs> no, it sounds like he was in uh in Edgar Reese for a long time and and killing people for a long time in that body. He found a good host. Yeah. And uh and 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 they say that he like he almost had this obsession with John Hobbs because uh-huh. John Hobbs was on the case and he would call him in the middle of the night constantly and just like creepy just oh, yeah. screw with him relentlessly and he would just call like and and then when he came back in Charles he starts calling him again at night uh-huh. and uh, and basically just giving him clues like if you want a clue about this case you'll go to this address and then they'll find a dead yeah, body he's, he's leaving him breadcrumbs right he's just fucking with him yeah that's what he's doing the entire movie and that's what I really loved about the character is like he he was immortal you know he's a demon he can't die and I mean he the host can die but he seemingly feels invincible like he cannot die so that's a scary that's a that's a that's a very scary adversary yeah you know and that's what I've always loved about this movie is just the idea that Azazel feels like he's completely immortal. Oh, so sure. He, I mean, if you were a, like if you he, were a demon, you would too, though. You know, that's right. it's it's like a van, it's like vanity. You know, like you you think you're the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, am I the only one that really didn't like the ending? I felt played. Mm-hmm. Like you were working up. You were not to jump ahead here, but you were working up and working up to this this grand ending. That's the whole. And the, that's I, the no, whole point, though. You're, I know. You uh, did get played. No, I know. I know. You're absolutely <laughs> right. But I was so pissed when it happened. I was like, "Damn it!" I love. I the wanted. Ending. I wanted it to go the way that I thought it was going to go. Yeah, but it didn't, and it's uh. better. It's better for for it. Like I because uh, we won't give this. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give away the ending on this one. Yeah. Just because I feel like people should watch this. It's a great movie. I like it. I did you when you came away from it. Did you actually like oh, yeah. the movie? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I think watch... it's a great movie, and I, I and it's it's set up, it's set up in the very beginning, making you think something, and you think it throughout the entire movie, and then literally in the last fifteen seconds they of the movie, you're just like, oh, everything I thought was completely yep. wrong, and it makes you want to go back and. Watch the movie and like listen to the narration and and pay attention to, and pay attention to the characters a lot more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't watch these police procedural horror movies though, especially one like this, without thinking of Hellraiser. 
I've been so conditioned now to where I think of horror and police procedurals together, and I think of the Hellraiser, Hell, Hellraiser series. You could you could take Azazel out of this movie and and replace it with like a Cenobite that's doing all this stuff, mm -hmm. and this could absolutely be one of those retrofitted Hellraiser movies. But it's better. Because only this it's one, not. <laughs> yeah, sure. Only <laughs> this one though was given probably millions more dollars. Added Dan Denzel and I mean, John it was, Goodman. It wasn't a massive budget. It was t ten million. 10.4 million. Okay, so nine of that went to Denzel. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, it, which, I mean, 10.4 million in 98, you think that was, I don't really know how you'd figure that, that for inflation, inflation yeah. but it doesn't seem like a huge no, budget. probably wasn't a ton. Um, and it's, I, it's a... It's a genre flick, so genre flicks have never really gotten huge budgets. True. I think the I think that you have you uh, Denzel did a number of movies like this though around that time, give or take a few years. But mm -hmm. he did uh, there was the Bone Collector that he did, which mm. is one of my favorite. Is that like, the one with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, it's one of my favorite uh, 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 Hollywood esque genre films, yeah. if you will. Mm -hmm. Like they're 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 not horror films. They're psychological thrillers. Right. Psychological mood pieces. <laughs> <laughs> see, you see, it's catching mood on. It's catching on. Uh, but he did, he did Fallen. He did Bone Collector, and there's one other one that he did, and I can't think of what it is offhand. But they, he had done a couple of them within a, a relatively was, contained was he uh, in, period of time. Was he in either um, Kiss the Girls or Along Came a Spider? No, that was Morgan Freeman. Okay. <laughs> that was Morgan Freeman. Okay. I, You're just being racist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get like I get all of these like the like you said these um, cop drama like psychological thrillers. They a ton of them came out around this same time. Yeah, they did. So I, I, I get a lot of them confused. Even those two movies, I love those. Oh two yeah, movies. they're both great. They're fantastic movies. Mm -hmm. Um, like Hollywood can do good genre genre flicks. I just wish that they would embrace it more. Like don't don't hide behind this whole psychological thriller shit. Like just don't do it. Just call it a horror movie. Right. And now that now that we have genre movies that are winning Oscars, maybe they will. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, over the next year or two, you're gonna see such an influx of Hollywood genre flicks. And it's gonna be terrible. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. There's, there's, there's gonna be some that are good. I'm not sure, gonna say yeah. not all of them. Universal will continue to put out shit because yeah. they think they're going to do good, but they're gonna be terrible. <laughs> um, but you're there's gonna be some though. There's going to be some. Um, but like stuff like this, like back in the late '90s, early 2000s, though, they had a, a good finger on the pulse of of making decent genre flicks. Yeah. <laughs> what are you giggling about? Chase is like finger, yeah. finger, finger. <laughs> um, I do want to draw attention to this though. So, did we even go over the synopsis of this movie? Um, did I? I do not read believe it? so. No. Yeah, I, so. Yeah, I did. Okay, well. It, yes. Yeah. Outside of the synopsis, though, it's basically it's Denzel and, and John Goodman. Uh, they're they're partners. They're trying to figure out. They they caught their guy. He got put to death, and then suddenly the same types of murders with the same mo's keep popping up. Um, you heard in our in our intro, you know, about how he there was like the, the, they would find a body and there would be like cornflakes in a bowl sitting out, and then two three days later they find another body with cornflakes sitting out in a bowl. Like it was the same mo every single time. Right. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, they come across right after uh, he gets put to death in the electric chair. Before they realize that Azazel is 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 jumping bodies, mm -hmm. they they go to a crime scene. Jumping bodies. They go to a crime scene. <laughs> I'm gonna jump that your body. <laughs> they think is they think is just a victim from him still. Like it was like his last victim or something like that. Um, you know, they like is, is it him? Well, it's the same calling card and this and that. Right. 
And they just put him to death, though, a couple of days ago. And then there's a body in the tub that is not decomposed at all. Right. And it's like, you're a cop. You should probably realize that if a body's not <clears throat> decomposed, it's not that old. Two things about that. I, I totally agree. Because when people are in death row, they sit there for a while. A long time. They, you don't just get put to death like yeah. two days after you, you get caught. That's that's just not the way the world yeah. works. So go, Sec- he's been in jail for six months. Oh, there's a murder. It's probably him. Second he's of not all, dead did, yet. Second of all, did you realize who that body was? I read something about it. It was... Uh, Jeremy Renner. Yes. Yeah. Which I even, I even went back really? and looked at him. I was like, it doesn't look like Jeremy Renner. But then I started looking at more like younger photos of him. Totally was him. Got a real Hawkeye there. Yeah. <laughs> Real hot real, guy. Real hot guy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, kind yeah, of interesting. Yeah. Probably the smallest role ever <laughs> that he had. Just dead body for like literally two seconds in a tub. That's all you That's, see. You got to have your start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he had been in movies before that, though, where he actually acted. Were they good? Acting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he acted his heart out in that tub. That's true. Um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's not a whole lot that we can say about this flick because it is what it is. There's there's nothing terribly offensive about it. And there's nothing terribly amazing about it in the same breath. You know, I uh, it's kind of it's it's a very it's well, a very it was middle a, of the road kind of movie. It was a Hollywood genre movie, which means they're you know like in a Hollywood genre movie for the most part they're gonna play it relatively safe. Yeah, yeah. Because they want it to they want unlike, it to sh- unlike Shocker that was just an absolute shit show. <laughs> This movie is like it's it's a normal BM. It's just, it's just there's nothing exciting. Like a really, about it. just like a really comfortable sort of, you know, you get your crossword puzzle done on the toilet and then you move on, move on with your day. I, I did I notice really, this. There's I, a ton of didgeridoo in this movie. Did you notice that? And after last week, <laughs> no, there is. I'm not actually. I'm not oh, saying yeah, that just is. to during make you walker, do it, but there's tons it's, of it during the Evil Dead bits. During the oh, like the uh, where the camera is mm-hmm. doing the like the point of view from the, oh, the demon. Yeah, I am what? so happy you brought that up. So happy you brought that but, up. But before we get there, what does what does a didgeridoo sound like again? Well, then, I don't know if I can do it anymore. <laughs> Let him breath. <laughs> Boo. <And I can't>. <laughs> there it is. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> that was amazing. Brett, you're no, long, you're not no the longer playing bass in the church. That's not the only thing he can do with his mouth. Didgeridong. I'm so happy you brought up Evil Dead, though. Am I the only one that was watching this? And I go, oh, he's going to a cabin in the woods, and he goes into the basement, and there's a hidden book. And, and there's the da- a spirit that's just jumping from body to body. And the point of view. Uh, and the, this is a fucking Evil Dead prequel. And is the, all I'm saying. And the point. Oh. And the point of view, like when they do the POV yes, the, shots yeah. of the demon, actually looks like it could have been done on shaky cam. I know. I, I, I my watch. I'm like, oh my god, this is fucking Evil Dead. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. So this is what happened. The, the people that wrote this movie just watched a shit ton of old genre films and go, Hollywood can do this better. Yeah, let's just, let's just <laughs> stitch all Denzel these movies <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Yeah, it's uh, some bad theology in there, some evil dead, and some shocker. We got ourselves a hit. Speaking of bad theology, you were talking uh, off air though about some oh. stuff that you had problems with this movie. Oh yeah, I there. It's I. This is just me again being 
picky about movies well, that are it's you fictional. Being right, though. I mean, if you're, yes. you're going to do theology, you're right. right. Hit, us, I, hit us with some knowledge. All right. I, I've got a, a few things. Um, one of my favorite, more obvious ones, like when he's like, goes up to the nun is, nun is like, does the word apocalypse have any th- meaning to you? And oh. she's like, oh, that's a Greek word for revelation. No, it's not. Re- <laughs> revelation and apocalypse are two very different words. Granted, I will give it, you give them this. The original name for the book was the apocalypse of John. I will give them that, but revelation is a completely different word. Now, so. how, how good are you, how up are you on your Greek, though? I not not very good. Oh, but I, so there's room for doubt here. Oh, there's room. Yes, for doubt. yes, there is room for doubt with this. But I did take a full year of ancient Greek in college, and it was awful. <laughs> they had it, really it, good rock hard bods, though. Those Greeks. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> All right, so what are you, but, do you have any other uh, theological issues? Yeah, another one I, I liked was uh, they're like. Oh, what he was talking wasn't Dutch; it was biblical Aramaic. So I'm like, so I'm thinking back, and I will be honest. I have I had to fact check a lot of my initial thoughts because I'm like, I don't remember enough of college. But I was like, that's that's way too new of a language for a demon to be speaking. So I looked into it, and biblical Aramaic popped up around 1000 BC, like between 1000 BC and like zero AD. And I was, and to me, it's like, why would a demon pick up a speak a language that happened 4,000 years after the creation of Earth biblically? Like we're assuming a biblical worldview here for for this movie, um, and then just stop there and be like, you know what? We'll leave English. Uh, far away. So to me, I was just like, "That's kind of weird." Does that make <laughs> any sense? I'll say this. I'll say this. If I knew how to speak Italian, I would not, sp- or French, either or, I would not speak English ever again, because it's way sexier of a language. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Perhaps the demon uh-huh. was like, perhaps uh-huh. the demon was like, uh-huh. like, whoa, I've been speaking this shit my entire life, and this other language exists. <laughs> Forget that. Yeah. But <laughs> another thing is like the earliest books of the Bible were originally written in Hebrew. So sure, why sure. would you choose biblical? Yeah. American? Now also too they because um, it's scarier. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> also the um, uh, Azazel speaks Sumerian, right? Or is it Aramaic? Uh, biblical Aramaic. Okay, so. Are there curse words in biblical Aramaic? Because they 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 they, they trans well, uh, transcribe Not his the ones language they translate, no. and, or translate. Sorry, like and, I will I will fuck you. Yeah, yeah, it's like how do they what, what what's the what word is fuck in biblical Aramaic? That's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want to know. Yeah, I well the well the the, yeah. the actual term fuck didn't even come around until like medieval times. I will sex you up. <laughs> takes on a whole I'm going to sex you up and down. I, I, am, am I accurate in that? I don't like. Didn't like. Isn't the word fuck a? It, it's originally a fornication under consent of the king, right? Uh, is it? Uh, you know more than me if that's the case. I, I thought wow. it was. I thought it came from an acronym where. I thought uh, it came from Stormy Daniels. That's the name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was an acronym, and it, it, I don't know the exact uh, like the exact um, history here but i thought it was uh, uh they would they would put it over the over the door in certain like in the villages and it would basically mean like uh like the, everyone just had fuck <laughs> over their doors well but it, it wasn't go back to that time it wasn't a it wasn't a bad word at that point it just meant that the king and his men could come into the village and they had they basically had uh 
the, well, they had raping privileges. They had raping privileges, oh. essentially. Like what, they, what a they great could go, society. they could go in and <laughs> yeah. and uh, and coit with any woman that they chose to. That's and, you know right. what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> or or it could have been the like is. I feel there's gonna be a lot of corrections next week. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just thinking out loud here. But I always thought that it, it that term came about in. The medieval times. So fair enough. Fair enough. Who, so who knows? I'll look up the actual history yeah, and correct myself. I don't later, know. but uh, uh, I'm gonna real quick. I want to talk about something that I actually really did like in this movie. Yeah, and that was the relationship between Denzel's character and his brother. I yeah. really, really liked their relationship. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. I thought that was very well written. And uh, his brother, his name is escaping me right now. Maybe Art. somebody can look. Art. Yeah. Uh, his character and his performance, uh, the the actor and his performance of the character of Art, I thought were really really well done yeah like uh he was very believable about this guy that was just he had a son and he was just trying to be the best person he could be trying to find his way and his and his brother was helping him you know mm-hmm. it was a very loving relationship and they they sold it really really well um which is what happens when you have you know that caliber of actor i suppose but no let me ask did you did you get the sense i've i've one of the things i've always taken away from the movie is that art maybe had some sort of cognitive impairment did you get that at all? I I felt at watching this, I was like, "There's got to be something a little bit." Going I like on just there. just the fact that uh, that John had to like he he had to remind him to go home and eat lunch with his son. Like he like almost almost like he was his caretaker in a way. Did it remind him to go home and eat lunch? I I, I know that he was talking about his peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and stuff. Well, every but... everything about like he it's like I said it was almost like he was his caretaker. Like he was mm-hmm. reminding him of certain things that he should be doing See, and should not be doing. I didn't take it so much as as like a cognitive impairment. I took it more of just uh, a guy that just doesn't um I don't know, like he just doesn't have all of these skills to be a father. He's a okay. super nice guy, but maybe he just doesn't really know his place. You know, okay. like like he's kind of fumbling through this whole thing. Yeah, I've never. I don't know. I've, I guess I didn't I've really, just never. I've never really known, but that was always kind of what I, I took away of, from I it. I guess I can sort of see it in in that way as well. Yeah, but it's not it's not overreaching, and, and if it is, they didn't really drive it home right, right. like that. Yeah, right. You know, it's it's kind of up for I guess interpretation a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, um, but no, I, I absolutely, I, I love their relationship too. And, and, and it makes this, I'm going to, I'm going to spoil this. Yep. It makes the death of art that much more heartbreaking. Like that part of that movie has always been, it's, it, a it's always, it's a it, real oh, man, bummer. Man. Cause he's just the nicest guy. And like, sure. And he just, he, he just, just like, wants to do the best he can by his kid. He, That's like his only focus. He loves his kid so much and he loves his brother so much. And he's just the super nice guy. And yep. then. Just like needlessly killed nope. it. Oh nope. man, it's such a bummer. I was hoping I was the the way that they left him in in bed when Denzel's character finds him. Mm-hmm. I was almost hoping like maybe maybe he realized that he wasn't actually injected by the poison. And that's why he found it and he knew it. Like I was hoping <laughs> there was some some way that Art wasn't dead. Is um, what I was hoping. He, here's but. what I, uh, I'm trying to remember now the exact uh, the exact timeline. But there was a point in time when the sun was a host a, ho- a host to yes. Azazel. Yes. yes. Is I'm trying to think of when when Art died. Is it possible that Azazel was inside of the sun at the time? Is it possible that the well, sun went in and killed him? The sun, I don't think so. Because it was sun... his son and then it was his son's friend. His Toby. son's friend ran. And, yeah, Toby. 
And then from yeah. Toby, it went to like the guy, the guy he killed, and then the woman. And then after the brother died, he was still in the woman. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh was that? Oh, yeah. You're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Okay. Plus, I don't think Hollywood movies are smart enough to leave something like that open to interpretation. Quite frankly, yeah. I, actually, I don't think they would write themselves. I don't think they'd write that into the movie. It's way too not clear cut. Yeah. Right. I hate to say it. Yeah. I just I, like I said, I couldn't I I couldn't remember the timeline very well. But I I think you're right. It was probably the the young girl at the time, like the young woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. Uh, here's there one were, other. Uh, there's two things I want to say. The the sequence, one sequence in this movie I've always loved is uh, Hobbs shows up at the police department and James Gandolfini's character comes up to him and starts talking to him and you, you realize soon after that it's actually Azazel. Yep. And Azazel throughout the entire movie always sings... Uh, that the 60s time song. It's, uh, it's by the Rolling side. Stones, right? Yeah. Yeah. Time is on oh, my oh, that the, side. That the Stones? I hate the Stones. What? I hate Shut the up. I do. You're stupid. I've just never liked them. I've never liked the stuff. We're gonna we're gonna skip right by that because I could uh but fight me. So so James Gandolfini's character starts singing that to him, and then he realizes it's Azazel, and then he walks through the police department and he touches somebody else and then somebody else starts singing it and he's yeah. walking away and John is chasing all these people through the police department and then you see just how powerful Azazel is and how quickly he can move through people. Yep. Because they end up out in the street. And it keeps going back. I love this it scene. keeps going back and forth from Hobbs and what he's seeing back to Azazel's point of view, and you see him jumping back and forth. He's from like a people. bouncy ball back and, and forth. And he's having and the, yeah. a, he's having a conversation with Azazel, and and Azazel is jumping back and forth. So he's speaking to him through all these different people at the same time, nope. and you just see the the point of view of Azazel and the like this desperate look on John's face. Like where he just it, like he he realizes there's nothing that I can do about this. Like he's I'm, like, I'm, like I'm 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 completely screwed. It's and like there's a nothing game I can do. of monkey in the middle with the devil. Right. Like 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 <laughs> he's just he's just in the middle while the, the Azazel is just bouncing back and forth behind him in front of him behind him in front of him as people are walking by. It was a really really cool setup. I like that scene a lot. You know, that, that actually reminds me of another scene that a sequence I really liked in the movie that just kind of like shows Azazel's like powers and his how powerful he is. Mm-hmm. It's when uh, Denzel's running through the street or John Hobbs is his first name yeah. John. Yeah. Okay. And he's and he's just like sprinting and all Azazel's doing is like turn around and touching people. So yep. ra- so oh, he's oh, actually yeah, moving. Yeah, it was so cool. Was it was John? It, he was cha- it was it, no, it was when he was chasing uh Greta. Oh yes, yeah. Greta. Yeah, Greta, so he, thank you. his first fast as Hobbs was running, he could Greta. not. Get Greta, her. yeah, Greta. He was, no, he no, was no, chasing. First, yeah, but first fast as Hobbs was running, he couldn't catch up to her because all she wasn't even running, or, or, or Zazel wasn't even running through, like running as a person. He was all, just was reaching just, out and it was touching. Just person to person to person. To just person. like a chain reaction yeah, leading up so to her. Yeah, it was so cool. It was awesome. a really really cool chase scene. It was very creative. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that a lot too. The one other thing that I wanted to bring up, it was very subtle, and I'd never noticed it until watching this movie last night. Is when Hobbs goes back to the cabin at the end, and yep. he f- and he first shows up, and it's still daylight. And there's one shot where he's walking through the um, like one of the living areas of the cabin, and it he stops and it focuses on him. And there's a window right to his right on the screen. Okay. And you see somebody walk by that window. Mm-hmm. I'd never noticed it before. It and uh, it made me think like who because. 
later later on, like one's night falls, uh, Jonesy, John Goodman, and Lieutenant Stanton, Donald Sutherland, yeah, they show up, and then you know you get you get what happens there, but somebody was there as uh, in a body with Azazel before either of them showed up. And I never and I never noticed it before. What from from what I figured out, it was probably the girl, the young girl still. But how the hell did she get out there? Well, she must uh, Azazel must have known that he was going to head back out to that cabin. But I want to. I actually took a video of it on my cell phone. I'll show it to you guys after the show. But I'm pretty sure. Like I've I've never noticed it before. But I'm pretty sure when he gets to the cabin, Azazel is already there in a body. Like before the the two of them before show up? Stanton and Jonesy show up. Interesting. So when you first see, uh, when when they show up and you first see the point of view of Azazel, I don't think that Azazel is in the other person yet. I think it's probably still in the girl. And then she and she's walking away from the cabin and finds them out in the woods. No, I'm guessing that she probably. I mean, when would she? When would she have touched? Uh, because Joan, Jonesy and Stanton, Jonesy. Jonesy and Stanton split up, and I'm guessing she probably comes up on Jonesy, and once she touches Jonesy, he could have probably just—he was a huge guy, it's John Goodman, and How she was a little tiny girl, so he probably transferred into Jonesy, and then once he was in Jonesy, he probably just killed her. How crazy would it be if, like, in one of the scenes where like Jonesy's standing there, and he is Jonesy, mm-hmm. and, if, and no one ever noticed, like, in the very bottom corner of the screen, you just see like a hand touch his ankle or something like that and they just no one ever noticed it like but, but you don't you don't <laughs> see be, be, be you don't see jonesy until well after he's already talking to stanton though and then jonesy just comes walking out of the woods that's true so huh. it's uh it's interesting interesting yeah oh yeah. the other thing i thought was when jonesy and stanton are standing there talking to him maybe azazel uh if he was out there in the girl's body maybe he actually killed <coughs> or like maybe he made her kill herself so that he was in his spirit form and then he entered Jonesy after he was in his spirit form because when he's standing there telling Hobbs to drop his gun Jonesy is hand- holding his gun up to him with his right hand but Azazel is left handed yeah. and then when he goes to shoot Stanton in the head he changes the gun into his left hand and you, shoots. you, little private eye over here. I'm just saying, man. So <laughs> wow. I, I think that there's a possibility that yeah, Azazel yeah. was already out there and maybe he made the girl kill herself so that he could be in his spirit form. And, he, and I, Jonesy wasn't yet Azazel until right before he kills Stanton. Yeah. That's hmm. what I think. There you go. I like uh, it. That's a theory. Um, okay, we got to wrap up here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What yeah. I do want to say before we, before we leave, <laughs> uh, there's one thing about this movie that drove me fucking crazy what the use of that damn saxophone mm-hmm. in oh. every scene that was supposed to be like like slow and like heartfelt it was really jazzy oh my god it was so out of place uh, it's sexy no, drum it was know. so i don't it, know though because i mean at, at times the at times the movie had a, the feel of like an old noir detective yeah movie. but you know what and though, that's the type of movie you would have or the type of music you'd have in an old but it, noir but that wasn't detective movie but sure but even in old noir detective movies though the music fit better like that saxophone was just out of place it reminded me the of the rest of the score was really creepy dark it was and dark, dark and yeah. creepy it's like it's like <laughs> 
Like it's it's out of place. It, it reminds me of I was telling uh, Jansen this before you got here. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of like Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. has crazy saxophone throughout all the movies. <laughs> I know this because I used it in one of my horror movies as a joke, <laughs> as a joke scene with a saxophone because yeah. it was stupid. And this movie did it for real, mm-hmm. and it drove me fucking crazy. Yeah, it did feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's sexy <laughs> drama. Was it like that? <laughs> no, it was so out of place though. Like it's a, that saxophone had no business. Whoever scored this movie deserves to never work in Hollywood ever again because it was terrible. It did score? Well, the rest of the score was really good though. Well, you know what? <laughs> it I, just I'm, doesn't matter. I, 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 I would I would embrace <laughs> that one thing to get one person to lose all their employment for the rest of their life. That's, no, fuck that's, him. that's I don't pretty care. sad. I don't care. We were gonna <laughs> hire you, but Michael Heckman doesn't like it. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> uh, the music was done by Dun Tan. I don't know Dun who that Tan. is. Dun Tan. Yeah. yeah, that's all. How do you spell sounds, it? He sounds like a real piece of shit. <laughs> dumb. Uh, well, there's a his his IMDb picture is him holding an Oscar, so he must be pretty good. <laughs> oh my. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> he's he's the composer of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Well. You can't win them all. Yep. <laughs> Is there saxophone in that? <laughs> it could have been one of those things. She's saying, jumping through the trees. <laughs> it's just wild saxophone playing. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe he created all this music and then the director's like, it's missing something. We need, <laughs> we we need, need some, some, some more saxophone. Some sexy jazz. <laughs> but this director, some jazz sax. From my recollection, this director has not put saxophone in his other genre movies. Like He did. Uh, he directed Frequency. You ever see that movie with uh, maybe it was Denzel? Maybe Denzel likes the saxophone. Quaid and Jim Caviezel. The movie, the movie oh, where, yeah. where uh, they're talking it's like to a, the it's ham like radio. A time travel yeah, movie. Kind of. I really, love that love movie, movie, dude. It's yeah, so same good. Same guy, uh, uh, Gregory Holb- uh, Hoblet. Hoblet, man. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get what they were going for, but I, I do agree with you. Work. It was a little it was distracting. So d- it yeah. almost like it almost took me out of the movie every time it came in. Like I'm into it, I'm like. Fucking saxophone that again! Damn saxophone! Oh, it just yeah. killed me. <laughs> Maybe right. if it was starring like Michael Bolton or something like that, it would have been totally fine. Th- Kenny G, it would have been totally fine. <laughs> but no. <laughs> Kenny G is just in the background the entire movie with the saxophone. He's, he's just walking or around with his hazel. <laughs> this, is, this is the sexiest horror film I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm his backup buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's it, boys. And that's it. Yep. So that's uh, that's <laughs> that's, that's uh, a shocker and fallen. Uh, don't fall on a shocker. That'd, that'd oh, be, yeah. Be, well, or, or do. do. I mean, <laughs> that's your thing. <laughs> if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. And Vino. Huh? And Vino. You mean Vero? <laughs> or Vero. I don't even know it. <laughs> you, you can find me on Vino most Friday nights. <laughs> and there will be Veritas. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. We are also on iTunes, so go and give us a rating. I think you know what? I think because Jazzy, J- I'm gonna call them Jazzy Pants. Jazzy Pants. Jazzy Pants. You're, you're getting an upgrade. Do I get a saxophone? You do. You do. Oh, because yes. Jazzy Pants was here, I think we deserve a five star rating. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, I want you to tell us what your what your best sex move is with a saxophone playing in the background. That's what I want to know. That's the comment for the week. I'd like to know that too. Just yeah. for some tips. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> you want your points if the saxophone is involved. <laughs> <laughs>
The bell end. <laughs> if you, you want to find J-Rodge. You can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. And if you want to find Jazzy Pants, you can find them at uh, probably Planet Rock and Troy. Nothing. Most of the time. Yeah. Madison Heights, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Madison Get Heights. Get it right. Damn it. All right. <laughs> There's going to be an influx of one person going to Troy and be like, where is he? Where's Jazzy Pants? I want to see him. They're gonna be like, who? He's up there, fifty feet, man. Go the guy get with the jazzy pants, man. He's the guy with the saxophone <laughs> at the top of the wall, just playing the sexiest saxophone solo you've ever heard. <laughs> All, right, All right, boys. Gentlemen. I think that's it. Cheers, cheers, yeah, boys. Cheers.